All right, Johnny. Tell me, what do you what do you think about Boba Fett? It sucks. It sucks. The strong words. Okay, well, it's the beginning of the intro. If you want to sum it up, it sucks. But we can elaborate towards the end of the pod. You're just not feeling it. <clears throat> no, we could talk about it, but yeah. Johnny, you can't see, but Johnny's like maneuvering his. <laughs> I'm hands. just gonna hate on on the. He's gesticulating. The Sounds yeah. weird. I don't like that word. Do you like it so far? It's very so-so. Honestly, I mean, some episodes are stronger. Like episode four, I think is like the best one since the first one. Yeah. Episodes two and three were like the low points, kind of for me. Okay, cool. So let's just go ahead and get into it. Okay. All right. So, like I mentioned before, it sucks. Like I told you in the previous season uh, episode, it's lame. And I told you, you know what? It's just gonna peak a little bit, and then it's just gonna flatline. And it's gone that way. I, I think it's like, gonna get better. I think it's gonna get better. I like the second episode. Um. That story arc of he's like upgrading himself, um, because he has to. What is it? Um, he has to go out, and he kills a dog, right? I think he kill, he gets a dog head and he brings it back, and he's like proving himself to the to the clan, and then after that, uh, he goes. He does a couple other things, but he goes and he gets the bikes, right? And every time he does something, oh, that's right. They do like the Lawrence of Arabia thing, right? Where like they like hijack the train and. Yeah, the, he goes and gets the bikes, he brings them back, and he teaches them how to ride the, back, the bikes. He gets more respect. And then after that, uh, the next step is, like, he gets the... He teaches them, and then they hijack the train, right? Or right, they, right. they derail it, whatever. So it's like, he earns respect, he earns his freedom, and then he earns, like, loyalty, like mm. there's levels to it, right? Every time he does something for them, yeah. So that he's that kind of like gone native, basically. Yeah, and which is a very common trope. Like it's like Avatar, like dances with wolves. It's like the, hey, maybe these guys are not so primitive like I thought. They're just different, right? It's that trope, right? That uh, he's kind of like well, the last samurai, basically, kind of thing. What right? you're talking about? There's a little bit more to it because. I don't know much about the, that little tribe, but I've heard that they were always, like, bad. Tusk, the te- uh, Tuscan Raiders, yeah. Yeah, and now they're being treated as, like, this uh, indigenous group that has to be protected. And, right, yeah. Right? Yeah, because they, the they've been on Tatooine, like, longer than anybody else. Yeah, so... since I like the little bit of lore since since the days when Tatooine had, was, like, covered in water. So, like, the planet wasn't always a desert planet. I like that. Which is, like, in the EU. Because, like, in the EU, like, the old, like, the old, like, movies. And, I mean, I'm sorry. The old books and stuff, like, it got wiped out when Disney acquired Lucasfilm. Mm-hmm. They always referred to, like, Tatooine was like, oh, yeah, it wasn't always a desert planet. Like, it used to be covered in water at one point. Yeah, it just bothers me how sometimes they, they edit. I, I get it sometimes, but I prefer canon as much as possible, you know? And well, way- it's, well, they're playing with new stuff now. It's like there is a new canon now, kind of stuff. Oh, fuck that. They as soon as Disney acquired, like they like all the old stuff got like wiped out. Yeah, I'm not feeling that shit. But they so. do play, they do pay homage. Like even the way Boba Fett comes out of the Sarlacc pit is straight out of the old EU. Like he survives in the books, the same way. That that's cool. That's fine. It's just uh, I get it sometimes. Like uh, when when Disney doesn't own the rights to. So the X-Men, right? Or Spider-Man or whatever. And they have to make all these adjustments to make it fit into the story. That's fine. Um, but yeah, okay, whatever. Back to the story. I like how they kind of gamified it. How he does something and then they give him something in return. Which is like some social factor, right? Mm-hmm. Like at the at the end of it, 
when he derails the train, like the last thing beyond their loyalty is like, we're going to give you like insight. That's when they give him oh, yeah. the little. It like reminds me so much of the, of the movie Dune. I don't know if you've seen Dune yet, but no, like, no. there's so many like similarities to Dune where it's like, wow. Like, like even the little reptile thing, the lizard. Yeah. Because there's like psychedelics, but it's not a lizard. It's like something else, but it's the spice. They refer to the yeah. spice. Yeah. yeah. I figured it'd be the spice. Yeah. Is that when they, he does a holographic thing? The little vision quest thing he goes on and stuff. I gotta see doing whatever. Yeah. Okay, so that was cool, right? I like that episode too. I said that's when it's gonna go up and then it's gonna flatline. And then we got into you saw the memes, the Power Ranger memes, <laughs> the <right>? mopeds. Yeah, <laughs> they go How so do you slow. Feel about that, right? They go so slow. Yeah, but the sequence is is lame. Like the chase was terrible. It's so slow. Yeah. The CG looked... And then the guy crashes into like the fruit stall. Like they like... they don't really do a whole lot. They just chase him. They don't shoot him. They don't do nothing cool with their bikes. It's just a It's just funny chase. how he rolls up like and then like they come with their colorful bikes. Like they're supposed to be like intimidating. And it just comes off as like it co- it crosses my mind like really goofy. They just look so like out of place. Even in Tatooine they look out of place. Right? A- yeah. At least at least kind of, like, give me a heads up. At least tell me, like, hey, there's this place in Tatooine. This is where the kids, kids hang out. There's a bar. But they are just they just come out of nowhere. It's like you just run into an alley, and these guys are jacking water. They're stealing water. Yeah. And it's just, like, these pretentious kids with colorful bikes. Like, they don't prepare you at all for this, right? And it just feels so I don't know place. how they could prepare you for that. Really. Well, in, in a, a prior sequence, they could say, like, hey, there's this place where this kid's going to do this and that. And... You kind of, like, mentally get prepared, like, okay. Like, there's different places to Tatooine, right? Okay. Like, there's yeah. different locations. But, mm-hmm. yeah, these kids are, like, in Tatooine in the middle of fucking nowhere with their bikes, right? They look out of place just because, like, everything in Tatooine, like, when I think of Star Wars, I think of, like, old future. Like, everything's, like, rusted or just, like, like, it's been beaten to hell, right? Yeah. And these kids are these, like, very shiny... Like color coordinated, not yeah. color coordinated, I guess, because each have a different color. But like, it feels like it was a conscious effort for them to make sure that no one has the same color kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it's still it's those, a little a little, a little those too kids cheesy. Are so inconsistent. Like I remember when um the girl, what's a, the girl's name? Boba Fett's uh, Fennec. Girl. Fennec. Yeah, she gets like I forgot what happens to her, but her that was cool. Man, that's that. dope. That's yeah. cool. But it looks very Star Warsy, right? Like yeah, all, all the all the mechanical. Because it reminds me body. of when Luke gets his replacement hand, and we see like the skin grafted onto like the mechanical parts, kind of. Yeah, but you see that with the kids. Like the kids look very cyberpunkish, and it still doesn't work. It's, it's someone tweeted like, "It's funny how Star Wars does cyberpunk better than cyberpunk the game," which is true because they have like the swapped out like the the girl with the metal arm, the guy with the met with like the robotic eye. Like, they all lean into, like, the body modification thing, and they do it a little bit better than what Cyberpunk the game actually But how did it not fit in when they still did it to the the girl, to the homegirl? Why does it not work, dude? Like, that whole fucking event doesn't work. Okay, this this other thing that I didn't like. um, I told you I don't like this version of Boba Fett. You said, oh, it's just because he's older or whatever. But, like, when he runs into the kids, the kids steal the water, and then... All of a sudden, both of his like, hey, you want a job? No, you, okay, I actually like that because that's like creative problem solving. He is literally solving an issue with the community. These kids have nothing to do. They're just hanging around causing trouble. Why not put them to work? The I other think- guy is like price gouging them. 
he's like, okay, like, yeah, we'll like compensate you, but like your prices are ridiculous. Like here, you're gonna take you're gonna take a portion of the what it's worth and you're gonna like it basically. Like that's it. Like it's but why hire the kids? Like the kids stole water and suddenly he's like, These kids are worthy. These kids are it's worthy not of they're working wor- for no, me. No, it's not that they're worthy. It's he's trying to he's solving the issue by like it's like two birds with one stone, like I need a little extra like vigilance on the street. I these kids obviously know the street. I kind of need somebody who knows these streets of tattooing better than I do, and I can get them out of trouble by having them do be productive. I think it's creative problem solving. I actually like that. I I liked how he dealt with that situation. It's just I wish the kids were a little bit cooler. That's all. But I think it's clever. It's just the colored mm-hmm. moped thing in the chase that's so slowly just kind of okay. kills the momentum of the ap- of that episode. Okay, I can meet you where you say it's creative problem solving. That's cool. Because the kids just aren't cool, right? So even if the problem solving is there, which is true, it's and then just, it paid off, right? The right? They saved him cool. from what's his name, Black Crescent, and that later on, like when they have like, they have like the kunai thing, right, with the the rope, and the chick with the blade, and then like the other guy with like the blaster, like they all like, like it pays off at the end because they save Boba when he's about to get assassinated. At that point, I don't care because I don't, I don't like the kids. Ah, okay. So there's that. There's a part where. Um, where Boba's like trying to run away and all the guys come out with the shields and stuff, right? The first episode. Yeah. Yeah. So the question is like, why don't you just fucking fly in the I sky? saw that. I saw right? somebody tweet that like, you have a freaking jetpack. <laughs> like, why not use... I know. I know. So I there, there's that part. Uh, I really do like... um, What is it? The uh, I forgot the damn name. The ape. What ape? The grape and black ape. Uh, the <clears throat> Wookiee. Oh, uh, no, Black Chrysanthemum. Not a Wookiee. Is it a Wookiee? No. Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a yeah. The one with the spikes on his shoulders. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a Wookiee. He's pretty cool. He's yeah, awesome. he's dope. Yeah, I yeah. like his. Demeanor. He's from the he's from the Marvel comics. He's from the 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 Star. There's a Star Wars mini series of comics. He's introduced in the comics first, like a couple years ago. Yeah, I like that. So like they're bringing like elements of like the the new canon from like the other material into the show. I like when he's in the bar and he picks up the dude. And the lady's trying to calm him down. Oh. And I'm like, please don't. Uh, I don't know what the word I want to use is. Don't demasculate him. What am I trying to say? Right. Demasculate him. Whatever. Right. Yeah. She kind of. She does the opposite. Really. She kind of like hypes him up and saying like, like you don't need to do this. Like you're like already a badass. Like. He's like, yeah, you're like, and he kind of almost goes for it, and he's like, nah, like I'm still gonna do what I want anyway. Well, I felt, yeah, yeah. I felt like she was talking to him, and he was gonna be like, okay, like. Like knowing Disney, they were gonna just make him soft or whatever, right? But well, he's he not—he's not soft. Though. Well, that's why I was cool with that scene because he ripped his hand off his fucking arm, and I was like, "Oh fuck yeah!" Like this is what I wanted out of this guy, right? He's like, "I'm gonna do it anyways," but okay, I'm done. Like yeah, I'm gonna yeah. leave. And then how how does Boba deal with that? Looking for a job, right? Like he's just like hiring people left and right. Wasn't like, he gonna hire him anyways? No, I don't think he was gonna hire him anyways. Remember, like he was gonna kill him originally. And he's like, nah, I hope you're more useful, like, alive or whatever, as a bargaining chip. Yeah, he also hired the pigs. They're okay. The Gamorrean guards? They don't bother. Well, they're just loyal. Like, I don't think, yeah, they're just, lo- they have, like, a loyalty thing going on with them. Yeah, they're okay. Every, like, acquisition he has made has, like, paid off so far. How do you feel about um the kitchen scene? I thought it was funny. I liked it. I thought it was funny. I thought I... I like cool. how the robot just turns himself off. That annoyed me. Really? Yes. You've never I, been like in a situation where like I don't care how this turns out. Like I can't deal with the stress. I wish I'm just gonna black out basically. Yeah, but not from that point of view. I I like the character. That little uh, what was he like? A little mouse. Rat, it's like a it's like a rabbit. Guy. He was cool. His design was cool, and the way he was running around looked good. 
Yeah. Except when he, when Boba picked him up and he's like, what did he say? Like he was about to interrogate him, right? Uh huh. And then he goes and he puts, he pushes the button and he just turns off. And then Boba, instead of like flicking the switch, it's like, well, he turned himself. Like, I guess I can't interrogate him. It's just. I think it was kind of like, like, you're not going to get really anything out of this like little droid. I think like. Like, but he needs like he doesn't really know anything. I think I thought that's how I took it. Like, and why bother like picking his ass up and like asking him questions? It's like he, he yeah. it's like he was gonna execute a choice, and then the droid turned himself on. He's like, well, I guess then my choice isn't the right choice. I'm the show does, yeah. You know what? You're right. The show does this thing where it seems like Boba's like constantly like like all his decisions. Not all his decisions are bad, but like like he doesn't really follow through on everything. Like when he's sitting down at the with the council, right? Yeah. He gives him a a, a choice, and then the council's like, "No." And then Boba just gives him a. Like, a okay, well, at least do this. Like yeah, he's, he's very settles. ineffective. Like, yeah. Come on, Boba. There you go. He's fucking. Re- like, put your foot down, right? Yeah, but I think he's he has to play it smart, right? Because it's the whole like, he wants to be like respected, not fear, right? Because he saw like what fear gets you. Like Jabba got killed because of that, so he's like, you know. People fear you, sure, like, they'll do what you're saying, but they're just plotting against you. Whereas, if you earn their respect, like, they won't so feel, you're like be, a benevolent ruler. So, he wants to be respected and not feared. But because he's not feared, he's disrespected. In the meantime, yes. Until you can get to the point. It's, that's what the whole, like, Tuscan Raider storyline basically is. Is where he's kind of just going, rolling with the punches until he gets to a point where, like, he earns the respect and then he starts to, like, call the shots. That's what that whole parallel story is. How do you feel? How do you feel about the use of heavy like uh, flashbacks? I wish they would just focus more on the current. I story. actually zone out during the flashbacks because the flashbacks happen during the the vessel, right? Yeah, when he's in the back of the tank. Yeah, I, for some reason I just zone out. Really? Like I just find That's them so good. uninteresting. Mm. Um, but yeah, Boba Fett, I feel like is not somebody Vader would fuck with. I don't know, I guess, but I mean that's mostly like a that's mostly like a a financial like arrangement. Like he's good as a bounty hunter, he's just not so great as a crime lord. You know, like he gets out of situations, but he's not the he's still he doesn't have the tact I think to be a proper crime lord. So what do you think is gonna happen next in the series? Well, we got the little musical hint like the the Mandalorian thing. I think we're gonna get Din Djarin's gonna show up or something. Did they know. did they actually say the name of the new ship? Yeah, he called the, the he said the fire spray. He did say it like That's a he said it not this last episode, but the one before when he gets it. Dude, how cool is that one scene though? He drops the death charge into the sarlacc. Oh, I like that. And except... then you see like the the wave motion go out and like when it kills it. That was cool. That was cool. Except I lo- I, I love risk, that sound. I wouldn't risk my fucking ship for some armor. Well, the armor is very important to him. Very very important. To Why? Him. Because Beskar armor to like Mandalorians is like very important. It's like a, it's like your father's like legacy in a way. So it's, it's like so it's not just the, the armor itself. It's no, of course, no. It's what it represents. Is okay. what it means to him. All right. No, he can get more armor. So it's more like an honor. Family thing. heirloom. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We seen in the flashbacks that his father means but what a lot about to the him. Ship? The ship is just the ship to him. I think the ship is a little less important. Hmm. All right. I like the part though where he does roll up. On the bikers and just mows them down with the lasers, like oh those like, yeah no after after when they he caught he, he catches them in the open desert, 
and he just shows up with Fennec, and he just like just picks them off like nothing, like the he just like picks them off like they're on the open desert. Remember? No, I don't remember that part. What? It was yeah, like in this last episode. I remember they were in the boar, and then there was a fight, and then I think I saw the bikers going through the desert. Yeah, but I feel like I missed that part where he picked them off. Yeah, he killed them all. He wiped huh. them out. But anyways, I don't know. Is I, that when he saw his homies dead in the... After, yeah. Okay. Yeah, when he gets the ship and he catches them out in the opening and then, like, he just mows them down, like, right then and there. He kills all of them. It's crazy. Mm. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. <laughs> 16 minutes in. Welcome to the Sense podcast. As always, I'm your host, Andrew Orozco, joined by the Badger of the High Desert, the self-proclaimed lost cause, because he's always down for the cause, never down for the count. The unnecessary one, Johnny. What's up? Johnny, it's been a while. It's been 20 days. 20 days? Has it been that Something long? Something like that. Oh, God. Wait, wait. You're, you're in account? Yeah, the last post. Okay, uh, 19 days. Well, the good thing is that we are back better than ever, fully rested, fully healed. I was a little sick for a couple days. Stayed away from Johnny because I was afraid I had COVID. Turns out I did actually have COVID. And now we are recording. It's been 10 days since my initial symptoms. And according to the state of California and the CDC, that means I am no longer contagious, supposedly. Five days. Okay, well, it's been 10 days, so it's even double the recommended CDC uh, mandate, guidance, PSA, whatever you want to call it. So tell all your lovers and friends that Johnny and Andy had to do it again. No. Do not spread that rumor. You don't remember that song? I remember the song. Love does and Doesn't friends. sound right. Tell your was it tell your lovers and friends that the usher John and Luda had to do it again. Hey, hey. All right, enough climbing around, Johnny. Let's get to what is arguably the probably the biggest. I don't think there's a single thing game like game industry wise more significant, more impactful, or more important than this. Than what just happened this past week. There could definitely be bigger news, but uh, I don't think so, really. Oh, for sure. You think so? Yeah. Like industry wide, not talking about a specific game. We're talking about like the massive. I mean, we always talk about money wise. Yeah. Yes, we always talk about like um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Uh, console, con- consolation. What's the word I'm looking for? Console wars. No, when things come together, they get like absorbed. Uh, there's a word for. Ah, I'm so. Why am I so bad at this? The consolidate, consolation, no, consolidate. Thank you so much. Consolidation of uh, video game companies. And probably none bigger. Well, we're going to talk about, there's, there's another one that happened. And it immediately got overshadowed a week later. Uh, that's take two buying Zynga. We're going to get to that later. Johnny, last week, Microsoft, or rather I should say Xbox proper, announced its formal acquisition uh the deal has not closed yet probably won't close for at least a little over a year from now the acquisition of one blizzard activision king king being the mobile handheld uh division of blizzard activision for 68.7 billion that's with the b billion dollars 68.7 billion to put that into con- context Microsoft kind of wowed the world last year. Was it last year? Yeah, last year. When they purchased Bethesda Softworks for about $6 billion. This is 10 times that. For basically the 
biggest video game franchises like in existence on this side of the ocean. By that I mean like non-Japanese, obviously. So, so just to give you an idea of what that includes, uh, I saw I, I saw a really great infographic of it. I think was it the one you sent me, Johnny? Was it the one you sent me on text, maybe? Where it was like a picture of like this. No, I'm looking for the one with the with the mascots. Maybe okay. So that includes World of Warcraft, which which is like one of the biggest MMOs. It's the king of MMOs out there, aside from Final Fantasy fourteen online, of course. Call of Duty, the highest selling franchise for thirteen years in a row. That includes Overwatch, another big online game. That includes uh world um I'm gonna say World of War Starcraft. That's a big Blizzard one. Starcraft two, mainly. That includes uh, Candy Crush, which to you and I is like makes that name carries no weight for us. But if you are in the mobile scene on phones or tablets or whatever, Candy Crush is a juggernaut franchise. Like I'm talking about the original creator of basically microtransactions. Yeah, that's crazy. When I went to a Google Play and I'm looking at, oh, let me look at the the ratings for this. Right, I forgot the ratings. But the downloads just on Candy Crush are a billion downloads. That's, that's kind of nuts. One think. of every nine people in the world. Yeah, like I imagine a lot of those are probably re-downloads of like, yeah, you got a new phone. But that's something I only expect from like Facebook or Instagram, or like Farmville stuff or something. Not a fucking like little puzzle game, you know? No, yeah, I think I think we I think a lot of gamers like we make fun of mobile games and stuff, but like we really underestimate that how how financially viable that market is. Because how easy is it for kids to just get on their phone and just like, yep, on their parents' phone, just microtransactions, microtransactions, right? Uh, so yeah, Candy Crush, and then that includes also Blizzard. Uh, Blizzard's uh, I forget what their mo- what their online service is called, but they have like their own launcher kind of thing, mm-hmm. where they have like uh, I want to say it's like Blizzard Play or Arena or something like that. I forget the name exactly, but they have a huge online PC presence too. Cause a lot of people are thinking like, oh, like they just bought all, they just bought it for like all these franchises. But it's like, no, you get your toe into the mobile market and onto like the online PC where Xbox is trying to consolidate with Game Pass and all that stuff, They're trying to like overtake that, you know, region of gaming as you want to call it. One of the things that made me sad is to know that now because of that, they own Crash and Spyro. That's the only loss for me. Which is like. Those I know they haven't been like PlayStation exclusive since like two thousand seven, two thousand six. Like it's been like over fifteen, fourteen years. But I associate those franchises so much with like early, early PS one like memories. Mm-hmm. And to know like Crash is now exclusively owned by Xbox is just wild to me. Um, I feel like I've been talking a lot. I don't even give you the floor. What are, you, what are your What are your thoughts on this? Like we can, I mean, we can like expand and go on different like tangents related to this. But what was okay? This was Monday morning of last week. You wake up. Mm-hmm. You wake up like what around six, right? I think you get up at six usually. Mm-hmm. You roll over your bed, take out your phone. Maybe you go to the restroom. I don't know. You take out your phone. You're just scrolling casually, and then you see the graph. Well, you sent me the link. So I saw you didn't know about it till I did. No, uh, you sent me that like at what, like nine a.m. or something like that. I forgot. I was okay. So I was sick last week, and I wake because I'm I didn't have to go to work. I woke up at like whenever I wanted to, which was like around eight or nine. I open my phone to Twitter as I usually do. That's like the first thing I do when I'm not in a hurry, and I see the massive infographic, and I, I could have sworn like, oh, I just have to rub my eyes. Like I'm not seeing right that 
where it has like the you know how they did the one with the Bethesda where they had like all like the little logos next to each other like all the players like the franchise like mm-hmm. mascots and I see like the I forget her name from Overwatch I see Crash I see um, Captain Price from Call of Duty and in the headline it is Microsoft acquires Blizzard Activision I'm just like no 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 <laughs> like how could they even afford that like like what like that was like i didn't even know like okay so imagine this acquisition stuff is like a chess game right mm-hmm. i didn't even know blizzard activision was even on the board like for acquired like that's like a whole different le- like keep in mind like the last major thing that was acquired was you know bethesda for six billion i didn't think th- i thought maybe they might acquire like I don't know something that's like Capcom but not Japanese, like something at that level. Like maybe, um, I don't know who's still on the board. Maybe like Ubisoft or something. Like that would be like maybe the next possible one. Like and even then, that was a huge stretch to for them to leapfrog over like EA and Ubisoft, who are like the next most profitable after like Activision Blizzard, and then just go straight for Activision Blizzard. Like that is insane when i saw that headline i was like there's no way this is true and then i started seeing the tweets and then i followed the sources and those sources were all legit sources they weren't just like clickbait like websites Mm -hmm. and then it started sinking in i'm like what is this how what is this going to mean for the future going forward are like is everything now like just going to be Xbox exclusive? Like, is there not going to be any more Call of Duty on PlayStation? Is that going to be any more Spyro on PlayStation? Is that going to be any Overwatch or any of the other bajillion, like, franchises they own? And I was just like, this is insane. I I, I remember t- I remember messaging, because um, I have a group chat with other people where I volunteer right at, at GNN, mm-hmm. uh, Geek News Now. And uh, I was like, so this happened. And I didn't write on it because I was really sick. I was really under the weather. I was that was that was the day I told you it was the worst one. That was the third day of my sickness. And I just remember later that night I I sent the message to them again. I'm like, like I still cannot, my I can't wrap my head around it. Like a few hours later, I still could not like. It didn't fully fully sink in until I started seeing like more articles about like what this could mean going forward. When I saw the tweet from Phil Spencer about like, oh, I just had a call with like the guys at PlayStation and it's like like reassuring them like, hey, we're going to do, we don't want to take people away from your ecosystem, which is like a loaded, that's a loaded message. We're going to figure out what that means later. But I was just like, I can't believe like they just freaking like here, take all the cash and just like straight out acquisition. Like that's insane to me. So, I mean, Johnny, okay, so. Okay, when I okay, when you got the message from me, what was your immediate thought? Were you like, no, like Darth Vader scream no, or like I mean, you can't deny this is a heavy, heavy blow. Like Bethesda was heavy. This is ten times as heavy. As someone who is primarily a PlayStation gamer, what does this news mean to you? Uh not I can't say not too much, right? Personally, you're gonna downplay it no i'm not downplaying it personally i just don't care because you said uh oh they skipped over uh, ubisoft and ea and then they just went to this right yeah so it's like okay but they don't have franchises that i'm really into right like when do i ever talk about call of duty or plants vs zombies or fucking 
Crash. I love I Crash. About I've, I've, ever since uh, you sent me the news, I'm like fucking Crash, right? Like they got him. They mm-hmm. got that legacy character from PlayStation. Yeah. Uh, Spyro, not so much. I played Spyro back in the day, right? But it wasn't like memories, right? It was just like, yeah, I beat the game, whatever. Mm-hmm. So Crash isn't something where I'm gonna lose sleep over. And Call of Duty, I don't fucking play. All the rest of the stuff, it's stuff that I would get into, but I haven't seen an iteration where I'm like, I gotta jump in now. Like, I wanna play uh, Warcraft. What is it called? Uh, Which one? World of Warcraft or no, 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 Starcraft? No. Starcraft. Okay. I oh, because like, you like RTS stuff, yeah. I like RTS stuff, and that world looks pretty cool. Okay. But they haven't had an iteration where I'm like, this is really dope, and this is the reason maybe I should spend money on it, right? They've been a little, yeah, they haven't really done much with world uh world uh starcraft in a while yeah yeah so money wise and like quantity of studios it's like oh that's impressive like microsoft finally they actually have ip now right yeah. instead of just <laughs> gears forza and and fucking uh what was that other one with the green guy Halo? Yeah. Halo. Really? You knew what <laughs> they... Okay, playing. yeah. Like, don't, don't be cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm just playing. Um, so, I like Gears, right? I like Halo. I like the story, but I, I really can't get into the shooter long term because I don't really play first-person games. So, it's like, personally, I just don't really care. Uh, financially, it's impressive that Microsoft could throw that type of weight around, right? Probably the, one of the only companies that can do that. But see, like, back to when you said, oh, they skipped over EA... EA actually has IP that I like. Like, they have... Oh, Bioware. They have Mass Effect, dude. That's one of my favorite franchises ever. Fair, fair enough. It's, like, right there with with Metal Gear. It's pretty damn close. They also have Dead Space. They they got some shit I like. Those two games alone are impressive. Uh, They have Need for Speed. I haven't been into Need for Speed for a while, but I'm really craving something... That's got a, a solid story and the mechanics feel good. They've always felt good, but the tracks, I hate the tracks. So I, I haven't been able to get into it. I like stuff like uh, Hot Pursuit, and they haven't really given us that. So, I mean, that's the gist of it, dude. I'm not, not too concerned with it. I wanted to make sure that my statement was correct. So I went to, uh, I go like, who is bigger, EA or Activision? I want to make sure because I was like, what? I don't want to leave any room for me to be wrong. So EA's market cap, uh, I think that's like the it's like all their I think all their assets and stuff like combined value is thirty three point nine billion, mm-hmm. and then Activision Blizzard is at forty three point seventy five billion. So yeah, so yeah, Activision Blizzard is uh bigger financial wise than EA is, uh by at least thirty percent. So I wanted to make sure I wasn't just spitballing and saying random stuff without anything to back it up. So I checked. So yeah, they skipped over Ubisoft, which I think is even less valuable than EA is, uh, and went straight for the throat with that one. Um, I think a lot of people. I think the next thing I saw people were were curious about is like, what's gonna happen to Bobby Kotick now? Oh, um, I gotta throw this in there. Allegedly, uh, Bobby Kotick was also flying with flying around with a Jeffrey Epstein. I saw that. Oh no, you sent me that. Yeah, you yeah, sent me I that. Sent you that. There's like a little document for the. I wouldn't be log. surprised. For the flight log, and it says a Bobby Kodak, except the Kodak part, I think, is spelled It's spelled different, yeah. It's missing the C or the K, I think. Yeah, but everybody's like, no, nah, that's that motherfucker, right? Can't imagine Kodak is a very, like, common name. Allegedly. You gotta Especially, say. and it's not Bobby, right? I think it's like his full name, like, Robert or something, right, I think? Yeah. Like, proper, yeah. Uh, not surprising. Not surprising. Scum hangs out with yeah. scum. Yeah. 
Uh, and then so people were worried, like, does that mean, like, is Kodak out of a job? And then Phil Spencer initially said, like, oh, no, like, he's going to continue his capacity as, as, like, CEO. But then all these all these reports started coming out, like, from back backroom deals and stuff that, yeah, basically Kodak's going to, you know, so step down. I have a couple questions for you. Um, I sent you this as a, as a DM. If COD is off of PlayStation, will it really matter if Sony's going to be pushing their own multiplayer games? Well, yeah, because all of Sony's major multiplayer games don't really like hold water or have legs for long. Yeah, but the strategy- like resist like resistance like no one cares about. Re- I mean, they might, but that's no, that's not like a heavy multiplayer like presence. I like the resistance world. I just again, it's first person. That's why I haven't been into it like that. No, I know, but I'm saying like the average PlayStation like like Killzone, Resistance. Uh, there has to be another one I'm missing. Like those all ha- are, have multiplayer online modes, but they're never like they don't ha- they don't have legs. They don't really like stand for long. But I think that's because our multiplayer games have been so reliant on like heavy narratives. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like, it's hard hey, to do guys, both. We're gonna give you this dope ass experience with the na- narrative, and then we're gonna tack on the multiplayer. It feels like that. Yeah. And now it feels like Sony is really going to get into multiplayer, especially because of The Last of Us Factions, where they want to compare oh, it. You can't compare that, though. That's not a first-person shooter. Like, That's not... First-person shooters is where Sony has traditionally been very poor at. Like, remember when they had... What was that one with, that was paired with... Uh, Paris, uh, that computer game where you when you own this Eve Online, remember they had uh what was it uh Dust five one four or whatever that w- that had potential. That was cool. they had Mag. Remember Mag years ago on PS three, mm-hmm. the massively action Dust, game. Dust was way too soon. Wait to do this. It was like it was too games. ambitious. Too ambitious for the time. For the time, yeah, it was on PS three, right? It was on yeah. I think also might have been on PS four. I think for sure it was on PS3 though. Yeah, they had they had this massive player base where you're gonna control like your ships, your little and then factions, you're gonna colonize planets, yeah. and then on the other end it was gonna be actual players doing the combat. Mm-hmm. But to link that, well, the all space together, the space far, part of it, you're gonna be on the ground, you're the boots on the ground kind of. Yeah, thing. the concept was dope. It was just it was, too ambitious. Yeah, and not the right time for it. What I'm saying is that PlayStation historically does not do online multiplayer shooters justice it tries to it's it's tried innovative stuff but what people really want from that like sector of gaming is they want like a traditional proper like halo style i don't want that that's the thing but see that's i am an untapped market like there aren't many multiplayer games that are third person because you look okay that's true because you are the big fortnite guy so no 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 not at all don't leave me in front i no, no i'll play it but the thing is Fortnite is there. It's free to play. Right. It's accessible. So it's just like, all right, fuck, whatever. Turn it on. I already know people there. Right. And so that's why I get on it. But dude, I've been te- I've been telling everybody like on Fortnite, like, hey, bro, when Factions comes out, I'm not gonna be playing this shit no more. Like, I really want. Do they even, are like, what's that? <laughs> what's Factions? Do they say that? Or? Well, sometimes it depends. <laughs> like, what's a fact? What? Well, like the the older crowd would be like, yeah, bro. But they they butcher the like the last story or whatever. We'll talk about it. But if it's like a a younger person, they'll be like, I just like the idea of you know. going into these matches and being like, hey, like I'm gonna be in factions. Like, pass it on. Like, like I got, I get ready to migrate. <laughs> like, let's get ready for this great migration when this game yeah. comes out. <laughs> like you're just like spreading, like hey, <laughs> like you're just like spreading the word. But see, who's doing that? Who's making a third person? game of that scale that's multiplayer 
I was gonna say Battlefield, but that's not true. That's first person. Like it's an untapped fucking part of the market. Dude. I mean, if the COD and thing, I'm there for it. Like I, that's what I really want. I want third person fucking shooter. Well, and then I guess Fortnite's always gonna be no. there, Johnny. That's like the major player right there. Well, yeah, and it's uh, free. There's Warzone. Warzone's the first person, but I don't think Warzone's going anywhere. So Warzone's gonna be there. That's always gonna be an option. Mm-hmm. You have to imagine they're gonna continue to support Warzone because it just it makes financial sense to do so. It's not like selling copies or whatever. It's a free thing. You just support it with DLC. So like, but I don't know if it's just a, a Sony thing. It's like uh, okay. So your initial question was, how, what do I think? We say it was. Do I think that's going to be a huge blow for them if they lose COD, right? Well, you said no. You just said no. If if PlayStation loses COD, you don't think that's a big deal? No, it is a big deal. But oh. also, you have to think: is COD the best selling game because it's on PlayStation? COD. Had okay, so remember a few a few months ago they did the top ten best selling games on PlayStation from like the last year, yeah. And like Call of Duty was like literally like the top one, yeah. So but that's what I'm saying. Is COD as popular as as it COD is? COD is more popular right now sales wise on PlayStation than it is on Xbox sales wise. At least it's been that way since at least the start of the PS4 generation. But that's what I'm trying to say. PlayStation has such a massive player base. Okay. Is COD going to begin to dwindle away if they just take it off PlayStation? It's going to lose that base, possibly. And then once it's on Xbox, it might not be able to... It's not going to do the same numbers, So, yeah, obviously. yeah, that is the question because a lot of people were like, when Bethesda was acquired, and they're like, oh, yeah, Starfield's going to be, like, Xbox exclusive. It's like, well, yeah, because there's no install base already for Starfield. It's not an established IP. It's a new one, right? Mm-hmm. With Call of Duty, you have to imagine, and I forgot, somebody else pointed this out too. I can't remember who it was. Um, It was on a podcast I heard, and it makes absolute sense. For Call of Duty to migrate away from PlayStation, there would have to be some benefit where the potential sales of the game on Xbox would have to somehow be better than the publishing revenue for putting it also on PlayStation. Mm -hmm. And I... I have no way of knowing that, but my guess would be I don't think it would make be as financially viable. I think, I think Call of Duty is one of those things they would have to keep multi-platform because I imagine just the publishing fees and the revenue from that would out would outweigh the potential revenue of it being only on Xbox. Mm-hmm. I think because it's in a, such an established juggernaut. I don't think. I don't think you can move it away from PlayStation and be like, okay, now we're going to bring all the people who only play COD onto Xbox. I don't think financially that would make sense. Okay, I have to imagine that the revenue and the fees for being able to put it on PlayStation and collecting the revenue from PlayStation copies would have to outweigh the risk. Okay, let's take another game. Uh, Crash. Like... Crash is doing good sales because it's on PlayStation, right? As, I mean, it's selling okay. It's sold okay. Yeah, it's doing, but it's it's like hey, it's worth making a game. But then if they decide let's take it off a of PlayStation, like is that type of game gonna survive on just Xbox? Well, I don't. Th- okay, I don't think they would take it off PlayStation. I think what you're saying is like for future installments, like not put them on PlayStation. Is that what you mean? Yeah, I don't think they would retroactively take it out. Like it's already on the PSN. No, store. no, no, no. Okay. Like if they made a brand new game. Okay. Is Crash the type of thing that would just survive only on Xbox and PC? If you roll into Game Pass, I think so. I think so. You think so? Yeah. But isn't Crash? I don't know. Is is Crash? Crash hasn't. Sold? Crash has not been PlayStation like exclusive since like the mid two thousands. But is Crash being sold on? 
It's out. It's, is it already on PC? Yes. On PC? Yeah. I don't know. I know it's on Nintendo, and I know it's on Xbox also. Okay. I don't think they're going to mess with the Nintendo stuff. I don't think they would. I don't think they would just take it away from Nintendo either. All right, next question. That was a little bit convoluted. Uh, well, okay, what do you think? Do you think PlayStation, without Call of Duty, do you think like they're just left out in the wind without a good first-person shooter? Do you think they'll have to come out? Do you think they need to compete in that sector, or do you think they'll come up with something like... No, they need to compete, of course. PlayStation needs to develop something. First-person multiplayer-wise. Yeah, I don't know what that's going to be, but Sony does have options. They do have... So you're saying you think it is worth it it for them to pursue that, to have to now make something unique because they can no longer use Call of Duty as a crutch? Yeah, for sure. Okay, okay. Yeah, for sure. And what uh, do you think that would be? Or you have no idea? Something new or something that's already established? Uh, you just... mentioned the game earlier. I forgot the name. Just but... 514 or... Was Warhawk? Remember Warhawk? Starhawk? Warhawk is badass. Was that third or first person? Wait, Warhawk? No, I was thinking about Starhawk. Same, same franchise. Starhawk. Same it franchise. Is, it? It, it's just different iterations. Of, it's the same franchise, but it's a di- they're different games, obviously. So it's the one where the guy runs up to the mech and flies yes. around? Yeah. Oh my god, I love that game, dude. Although Warhawk, I think, was less... There was le- You couldn't do all that stuff the same way. But I'm saying it's the same like publishing, the same company. Okay. Same developer, I think. But we're talking first person, right? Was Warhawk third or first? That was third. Oh, okay, never mind then. Uh, Starhawk was third. Maybe Warhawk was... Hmm. But Starhawk, I like... But they also have a... What, you said it earlier. There's Mag. There's Dust 514. There's there a Guerrilla was, Games. Uh, oh, Killzone? There's Killzone. That's first person. They have to make Killzone, like... I mean, they would have to really, really support... It's a dope world, dude. They would have to really support... I think they would have to, like, reboot that. Because that franchise is not, like, easy to just get into. Yeah, it's time for a reboot. Yeah. They would have to reboot it and, like, really push, like, the multiplayer aspect and not just the single-player stuff. Yeah, and then Sony's working on uh, Last of Us Factions. They also have, I believe they have Siphon Filter, right? Siphon? Yeah. And they also have SOCOM. That shit, that shit already blows my mind, dude. So- I love fucking SOCOM. The funny thing, I, I literally just read about an article about SOCOM earlier today, where back in the PS2, Xbox era, like, SOCOM had more, more than twice the amount of players of people who played even Xbox Live altogether. Like, SOCOM, SOCOM used to mean something. It used to. Not anymore. It, there hasn't been a SOCOM game since the PS3 generation. Which It's not anymore. They just stopped making the game. I, I know. That's why. what I'm saying. Like, I, I, there's a, some, there is some goodwill in that name, but I think it's it's very rusty. I think if they brought it back, it might be... It, SOCOM is one of those things where it's been so long that if you brought it back, there's really no way of knowing which way it would go, whether it's super successful or not successful. I don't I don't really believe in Because the way you're saying it, I don't really believe in the idea of this IP's dead. No, no, no. I'm saying I don't know for sure if it will like catch on fire like in a good way. I think so. The, the advantage of SOCOM is because it's so based in realism, they could easily do like the Call of Duty stuff, where like a lot of people love like military, like especially me, like I love like the military, like grounded, not this weird futuristic crap, like yeah. grounded on the boots kind of like game style. Yeah, I think if they could do that, make it first person, because I think they've always been traditionally third person. Mm-hmm. If they made that transition to the first person kind of thing and made and like push that, that could be. That could be a serious online like multiplayer. Well, I don't want could... it if it's not third person. I mean, they could just do the thing that were um like Battlefront, where like you have two different modes. Yeah. First and third, like you just have you yeah, just separate have a them. lot of guns where they're just zoomed in with the 
mm-hmm. with the red dots. Everything. Yeah, with okay. the reticle. Okay, so what does it say about Xbox if PlayStation had to spend over a hundred billion dollars to compete? It wasn't a hundred billion. It was almost seventy, including the other purchase. That's still only twelve. No, nah, only six. Six? Yeah. So okay. it's, we're like at seventy-six billion if you think about it. Seventy-six billion. If you want to look at it all together, yeah. All right. You're asking what does it mean for PlayStation? It means like they're taking the gloves off and like they're not holding back. Yeah, but the they're day- just buying. They're just straight out just buying. It's like I told you earlier, like before we start recording, where it's like, if you were like, you just bought a new game and instead of like accepting the challenge of the game, you just bought all like the overpowered DLC for it, and just made the game trivial. Yeah, but it's like. It's like, I like PlayStation, somebody else likes Xbox, and we're fighting amongst each other, saying like, no, our games are on par with you, and then you're on par with, etc. Why would you have to fight, though? Because it's fine. Okay, okay. Fair enough. Right? We're discussing, like, we got this game and that game, and they're, like, telling us the same shit, right? Okay. And all of a sudden, (laughs) Xbox has, Microsoft feels the need, like, fuck, we got, they're so competitive, we gotta spend this many billions of dollars just to you know this reminds me of have you seen the meme from invincible the cartoon where it's like look at what they have to do just to uh i haven't seen that okay you haven't seen the meme either no 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 okay just real quick so invincible is kind of like it's like a superman story gone wrong where like super the guy who's supposed to be superman's name is omni man yeah like he's he's a good guy he's like he's like he's like a superhero mm-hmm. but he's really just like kind of like a uh what do you call that like one of those agents that's waiting like a sleeper agent mm-hmm. he's waiting on the signal from his home planet to then flip and conquer the planet he's protecting okay and so like there's a part in this in the series where like they have fighter jets coming after him and like he just blows up the fire just like nothing but he he points out to his sons like look what they have to do just to approach even a fraction of like what we can accomplish yeah. Like they develop these fighter jets, advanced weaponry, and like even then that's still not good enough. This remind this is a lot where that where like Omni Man's kinda like PlayStation is like, look at the lengths they had to go just to compete like on an equal footing. Yeah, that's that's the way it feels. It's like Except now Xbox is way beyond an equal footing now, I think. I think I, it's skewed now. Personally, I don't feel like that because I just love Sony IP. Right. So, you do, Johnny. I fucking really but do. But the overall greater market, the mind share of gamers, I think. Yeah, but will that SP. matter if those games are going to remain on PlayStation? I don't think all of those will. No? Like no. Candy Crush, like... Candy Crush, that's just the mobile it's stuff. Just, yeah, it's just mobile. It's yeah. okay. Then we got uh, we have Doom, and then we have... Doom is going to... I mean... Yeah, because it came out on PlayStation before they got Bethesda. Doom is dope. Uh, Overwatch is dope. What else did they get? Call of Duty. They got Call of Duty. Yeah, Call of Duty is dope. They got Warcraft. They got Warcraft, Diablo. Diablo. Yeah. They got Starcraft. They have... Uh... God, I know I'm forgetting more. I I just don't know that much Blizzard IP. Cause I just Traditionally, Blizzard IP has been like PC stuff, so... Uh, not politically correct. I mean, personal computer. But um, but this feels like, it kind of feels like their audience. It yeah. It feels like an Xbox audience. Right. Bethesda was a little bit out of their audience, I think. Okay. Because Bethesda was more RPG type of stuff. Okay, well, most of the bulk of this deal, what it does, besides adding a bunch of new franchises to like their Game Pass and stuff going forward, 
It's, it's mostly like you're thinking out of the box. It's mostly solidifies their mobile position for mobile for handhelds, mm-hmm. something they traditionally have not been strong on. Microsoft has never wanted to delve. Like I remember back in the day they interviewed, it wasn't Phil Spencer. It was the other guy who was in the charge at the time. Uh, uh, Peter Molyneux. I think he was the one. Yeah. Peter Molyneux. He was the head of Xbox at one point. And it's like, Oh, like is Xbox ever going to make like a handheld system? And then he, they said, no, like we will let PlayStation at the time the PSP and Nintendo like duke out that that sector. Like we're not interested in that sector. So they've never been into like the whole mobile stuff. But but Game Pass is on mobile. It's on cell phones. I have it on my cell phone. Mm-hmm. And now with the acquisition of the uh, King, which is like their like Blizzard's mobile arm, they have now a strong foothold in that market. They have the king of mobile games. They have Candy Crush. Like they have so like. Microsoft, like, remember how they said a long time ago they're not competing with Nintendo and, like, PlayStation. They're competing with the Netflix, the Amazon, the, not Netflix, the Google, like, the main, the players out there who are, have their toes and everything. Yeah, they said that about a year ago. Or was it a year ago? I could have sworn it was longer than that. Yeah, but, but what does that really mean now? Like, Well, because they're not thinking, like... But Google's thing didn't come through, right? The Stadia. Stadia just fell apart. Right. Uh, Amazon put out like two shitty games, right? Right, and they immediately went back. Like yeah. they made news for making shit games. Right, I'm saying like they're not thinking in the traditional sense of like PlayStation, Nintendo as direct competitors. They are competitors because they all have to share, say, I mean, they all have to sell games, but they're not in direct competition. They're thinking like more like above that in terms of like, because Game Pass is not that different from like Netflix, right? It's like a streaming service you pay monthly. And you get content that comes in, and then content that goes out. It like you know the rights expire, and it goes back out again. It's much closer to those streaming services than it is to like traditional old school '90s era like video game stuff. Is what I'm saying. Because they're branching out into streaming, into like the Game Pass stuff, the mobile stuff, like your cloud gaming, like. Things that go beyond the scope of traditional gaming is what I'm saying. They're like in that Google, Amazon field. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, no, oh man, I forgot what my original point was. What was I talking about? I forgot. <laughs> I feel like this conversation we're kind of all over the place because there's like so much to tackle here. Uh, we were talking about, yeah, you branched off so far. I don't know where you started. Okay, okay, okay. So you're talking about oh how they had to acquire these companies just to compete, and I said how it's more than just the names of the of the games; it's the position they put them in in terms of like mobile and PC. Yeah, because like Microsoft is the king of PC, but like with Blizzard, like the, the acquisition of Blizzard and like their like their IP and like their their infrastructure, their servers and everything like that, it, it drastically increases like their presence on PC. Mm-hmm. So they're not like again they're not competing directly with Nintendo like old school way of Nintendo. It only has like what the Switch. That's like their only presence on anything. It's just the Switch right now, because it's like a handheld and the console in one. PlayStation has what? It has the only the PS5, the PS4, the Vita's gone pretty much. They have their presence with uh, PlayStation Now, which is like laughable until Spartacus becomes a real thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, your original question was, what does this have to say about like PlayStation of the acquisition? It obviously means like they they're ready. They're they want to compete for real this time. I think last time when they lost, they took that big L last generation with the Xbox One, and they saw like 
what we're trying to do. I think the idea was too early. Remember how they wanted to like were DRM? Yeah, the DRM stuff. Like we weren't there yet. We weren't the internet wasn't that great yet. Like things are better suited now for this cloud meta thing they want to do now. Things are better set now. Back then it was like this is dumb. People are not ready for that. And turns out, yeah, people weren't ready for that back then. I think people are now, sort of. We've kind of done away with like disk drives for some of the systems. UNPS5 has a diskless drive system. Everything's yeah. being much more like network and internet. Know. Yeah, the technology is ready. I don't necessarily know that the people are ready. They're just kind of being corralled in there. I think so. I think Game Pass... Okay, so... The, okay, let's talk about Game Pass. So Game Pass is like a loaded thing for me because... Oh, did you have another question? I had one more question Go ahead. for that. Now that they have all these studios, how the hell are they going to manage all these studios? That's... Yeah, they okay. They said that they were going to be left alone, but I think what might actually happen is uh, a lot of them might close. No, this isn't like EA. <laughs> this isn't the, the studio killer like EA is. If anything, this might be the opposite, Johnny. And I'll get to I'll explain why. Okay. So a lot of the studios who traditionally were doing their own thing under Blizzard Activision got absorbed into the Call of Duty kind of sphere bubble. Mm-hmm. Like Toys for Bob, the ones who made like the really dope uh, Crash and Spyro games. Like they were basically reass- we talked about this before, they got reassigned to like Call of Duty support. Mm-hmm. Uh Active not Activision, I'm sorry, Treyarch. Uh, Raven Studio, Sledgehammer, all of these companies who are just basically designed to feed the Call of Duty annual machine. Now, like they're saying, like they're gonna step back and probably not do annual releases, which is gonna, which for me is crazy to think we're gonna have a year where there's not a new Call of Duty. Is let these games actually breathe? It's gonna be insane. So I'm actually hopeful that instead of studios closing down, more studios are gonna be freed up from Call of Duty to, like, focus on making more games that they want to make on their own. There, that's the key word, the focus. So I think they're going to focus on Call of Duty and Doom and on all those, like, very popular IPs. But that doesn't mean they're going to keep, you know, giving money to the other guys that don't have, like, a name for themselves. So there might still be some studio shutdowns, and they'll just put more emphasis on their bigger, na- bigger names. No, we've already... I mean, hold on, let me look for the article, because... Phil Spencer, like, just address... Okay, here it is. Here's the article from GameSpot. Uh, here it is. This is from... On GameSpot. Not stop. Spot. Eddie Makush? Makuk? Makush? It's... This guy again. Yeah, I think we pronounced his name wrong last time. Yeah. Uh, it says, Call of Duty might stop being a yearly series, but maybe not soon or ever. Uh, Call of Duty has been the best-selling video game series in the U.S. for 13 years in a row now. But despite that, there have reportedly been discussions about no longer releasing the series annually. According to a report from Bloomberg, high-level employees have discussed moving away from the annual release schedule as part of Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard. Nothing is set in stone as of yet, but the report said there's a belief among many Call of Duty developers that releasing games at a slower cadence will please players and help bolster the franchise. I agree. This change could happen in 2023 or potentially later, the report said. 2022's new Call of Duty game, which is said to be a sequel to Infinity Ward's hugely popular Modern Warfare reboot, yes, thank you, this is the one I want, is poised to redeem the franchise's fortunes, Bloomberg's report said. Slowing down the Call of Duty release schedule may lighten developers' intense workloads and could provide new opportunities for Activision's game makers to work on other titles, the report said. The Call of Duty series debuted in 2003 and took a year off in 2004 before returning with Call of Duty 2 in 2005. 
After that, Activision released a new game every year since. The entire series has sold more than 400 million units, which only represents a fraction of the franchise's money-making opportunities. Call of Duty Warzone, the free-to-play battle royale game, is a major revenue driver, while Call of Duty Mobile is a massive juggernaut. Well, I forgot there's a Call of Duty Mobile. There you go, Johnny. More of the mobile market. The Call of Duty franchise has a three-year development cycle for each new installment, ro rotating between Infinity Ward, Sledgehammer, and Treyarch, taking development duties with the support of other teams like Raven and High Moon, among others. Mm -hmm. The latest release was Call of Duty Vanguard. Okay, we talked about Vanguard. There's clearly a business. Uh, okay, when Microsoft announced its intent to buy Activision Blizzard, many wondered the Call of Duty series would become exclusive to Xbox. Phil Spencer, the new head of Microsoft Gaming, released a statement suggesting Call of Duty will continue to be released on PlayStation, not unlike how Microsoft still releases new Minecraft games and experiences on competing consoles despite owning the franchise. Spencer said that this was Microsoft's, quote, desire, end quote, and his words do not outright confirm anything specific. So here's like the tw the, the tweet. I was going to say quote in tweet, I put quote from Phil Spencer we're talking about. Had good calls this week with leaders at Sony. I confirmed our intent, keyword intent, to honor all existing agreements upon acquisition of Activision Blizzard and our desire to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation. Sony is an important part of our industry and we value our relationship. End quote. Microsoft's deal to buy Activision Blizzard is expected to go through in Microsoft's uh, fiscal year 2023, which means sometime between July of this year and June of next year. All right. So, okay. Very little of that article actually had to do with my point. Most of it was talking about Call of Duty and the history. But there is a lot of interest within those companies to move away from Call of Duty. And that, that seems to be part of the acquisition talk, it seems like. Wait, what's moving away from Call of Duty? Some of the support studios like uh, oh, Toys for gonna, Bob, oh, that's Raven. What you're saying. So they're going to move away from that and then focus on themselves? On what other stuff, yes. Other IP. Okay, that's cool. Which, because you were saying, like, oh, studios will be, like, closed down and just focus on Call of Duty. It's, like, the opposite is what actually they want. All right. But why would that happen? Oh, because now they have uh, Microsoft money and then they can... Yeah, they have new... Also, it's not Bobby Kotick. He's not going to... There's no way he's going to survive the acquisition. There's, it's redundant to have a CEO under another CEO. Yeah. And then you're worried that they're going to be overwhelmed, like, how are they going to keep up with all these? There isn't enough... So, Phil Spencer mentioned how all the heads of the studios are going to have their own directors and their heads... And then all of them are basically going to report to him as like the head CEO of Microsoft's gaming division. Mm -hmm. So you can, I mean, yeah, things might slow down a bit because there's more like paperwork and like legal tape and more like, you know, back and forth. Like, okay, now tell this guy that. And then, you know, there's more, you know, cooks in the kitchen, so to speak. Okay. But I think. I get that. That's interesting. But if we're talking about developing like iconic stuff, right? Not just like uh, quantity over quality. Phil Spencer really hasn't done much for gaming, with the exception of Game Pass. Like he's kept it afloat. Game Pass. I mean, Microsoft has a good image because of Phil Spencer. I think. Yeah. Like his talking points are pretty damn good. Yeah, he pretty much replaced uh, Major Nelson after the whole Xbox One fiasco from like eight years ago. Yeah. So when Phil Spencer came through, the narrative for Xbox it's pretty good, and then he dropped Game Pass. And it's like, hmm, what, what, are the, what the fuck are they doing? But as far as like, hey, we got a new type of Halo or new, we got this new IP, whatever. He doesn't, he hasn't done a whole lot for that. Well, so I mean, we have. You, okay. So when you say like the little developers are going to focus on their own thing, is Phil Spencer really going to 
like he's gonna fund them of course but is he really gonna develop those games like as like this is a like this is a new fucking god of war this is a new horizon this is you get what i'm saying i think so because there was an interview with him where he was like very excited about he outright states like yeah we want these we're gonna want these studios to focus on other things besides just call of duty like call of duty is like good enough on it like call of duty is like a big odyssey money maker but like we have there is so much extra of this talent that could be used for like other stuff that could be just as useful um let me see if i could find the interview where he talks about like he's excited about he's like oh like i'm a huge like fan from like of old activision like there's like ip there like i haven't seen in years that i would love to work on that's cool like because he, he used to be a fan of like he mentioned like some game that's like that hasn't seen a sequel in like 30 almost years he's like oh like like oh we now have access to this ip like one of my favorite games of all times or something like that some old ass like 30 year old game hexen i think it's called or something like that uh looking for the name i'm looking for the article i'm just talking about okay i can't find the article but if you look it up there is if you just hold on philly phil spencer uh okay if i put hexing because that was the game he mentioned Okay, so here's the article from PC Gamer, just real quick. Uh, this one's written by is my boy Tony. No, it's Andy Chuck. Phil Spencer wants to bring back the Activision Blizzard games he loved as a kid. This is that same article. Um, Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard led to immediate questions about its biggest games. Will Call of Duty become an Xbox exclusive? Will Master Chief turn up in Overwatch? Will we get World of Warcraft, Elder Scrolls Online crossover events? Yada, yada, yada. These are all valid questions, but in an interview with the Washington Post, Microsoft Gaming CEO Phil Spencer touched on one that I think is even more interesting. What about all of Activision's older stuff? Quote, I was looking at the IP list. I mean, let's go, Spencer said. King's Quest, Guitar Hero. Oh, oh my God, Johnny, I forgot about that. Yeah, I forgot that one too. He says, I should know this, but I think they even got Hexen, end quote. It does indeed have Hexen, which was developed by Raven Software, the ones who do Call of Duty now. Mm-hmm. Back in the early 90s, Activision acquired Raven in 1997, and there's a lot more than just that. Activision also holds the Sierra brand, which gives it everything from King's Quest to SWAT, as well as Star Control and Crash Bandicoot Studios, uh, Toys for Bob. Prototype, I forgot about Prototype. Prototype developer, Radical, uh, Entertainment, and others. It's a long list. Blizzard has a formidable back catalog all on its own. Microsoft bought back Age of Empires, so maybe it'll do the same for StarCraft. Uh, it's been a while since we've seen a proper new Warcraft game too. It's not a complete pipe dream. Spencer told the Wall Street Journal that Microsoft intends to talk to its new studios about working on games that have been languishing in Activision Blizzard's archives, including those like Toys for Bob and hopefully Singularity. Uh, Raven has been really good to Call of Duty Sports Studios. We're hoping that we'll be able to work with them when the deal closes to make sure we have resources to work on franchises that I love from my childhood. And the teams really want to get, Spencer said. I'm looking forward to these conversations. I really think it's about adding resources and increasing capability. And then he kind of just rambles from there. So yeah, he has actual intent to like move away, move the studios that are not needed on Call of Duty to focus on other stuff to add value to like, here's more IP like we're bringing back like stuff. So, mm. so. A long statement short, yes, this is the opposite of closing down studios. <laughs> okay. 
All right. Okay, let's get on to the Game Pass thing, which is what I wanted yeah. to talk about. I mean, it sounds promising. So, because you know he did deliver a bunch of uh, Banjo Kazooie and Killer Instinct. <laughs> that wasn't all on him. Okay, that wasn't all on him. Uh, they own the fucking IP. That is true. That's true. But yeah, the acquisition of Rare goes back to like the early two thousands. I'm fucking mad about that. So shit, that's dude. a separate. I don't get another Killer Instinct. That's a separate issue altogether. Uh, but you know, okay, PlayStation now has like a strong fighting like presence, so I think it would behoove Microsoft to bring. Are you talking about with the competitors with Evo and with like Tekken? And, oh, I don't think they own Tekken actually. That's Bandai Namco. Yeah, but they have like like people are known to play fighting games more on PlayStation than anything else. Like the competitive scene for fighting games, almost all the tournaments are like on PlayStation stuff hardware. Uh, anyway, so back to my main thing about Game Pass. So obviously they're gonna add a whole bunch of of this crap to Game Pass. My issue, even though I do benefit from Game Pass, I love Game Pass. I feel like they're gonna they might end up doing the Netflix thing where like you become so big that now you can kind of like push your throw your weight around. I'm worried that as Game Pass becomes bigger and bigger and bigger, that it's gonna become more and more expensive, which I believe is probably gonna happen. Right now it's like fourteen ninety nine a month for like all the games. Oh, that's a good point. And it's at the beginning of its life. If it gets to the point where it has like so many acquisitions, so many studios, like they can literally like just start charging whatever they want for See, Game that's Pass. That's a good point. If they consolidate so many IP where and it's now like, like whoa, it's stuck behind this paywall. Yeah. It's I mean like, you can buy the games individually. Every game they have on Game Pass you can buy individually, but Well, would it surprise you if they did exclusive to Game Pass? Yeah, because they haven't really done that. But they'll they'll probably want to test their waters. I don't. I don't. I mean, that seems kind of. I feel like they would be shooting themselves in the foot with that, like to not offer something for sale on its own. I don't think that's a good idea. I don't. Because people dude. still buy stuff like. What if? What if they? What if they see like fuck? We got this giant collection, and we're charging this much. We're gonna make this pretty cool IP, and we're gonna say it's only behind a service. There's no way like that would if go they're over. They're that massive. Well. They could do that. They could. I just don't. That's what I'm worried about. That they might do something like, like they get so it's like Walmart. It's like the Walmart situation where like you can kind of get away with whatever you want because you are the market leader kind of thing. Yeah. I would worry about that. The funny thing is, did you read that supposedly like there's this only, they're still only in third place in terms of total game revenue. They're behind Tencent and PlayStation, who I had no idea was number one. I really thought Nintendo would like have them, because Nintendo Switch outsells everything. I figured Nintendo would be number yeah, one. Yeah, what was the one I sent you? PlayStation was like fifty something, right? I but forgot what it was. Yeah, something like that. Which I think, I think that's that's the secret for PlayStation to combat because a lot of people are saying like, oh, who should Sony acquire? I think they don't have to acquire anybody. They really don't have to acquire it, and they'll be just fine. PlayStation doesn't have. This isn't like I mean, they say it's not an arms race and. On for the most part, on their side, it's not really that much. I mean, they bought what Housemark and like studios they already like pretty much like pseudo kind of owned in a way. Housemark, they bought the what was that mobile one for porting games to PC. I mean, look, dude, Sony is pretty good with creating new IP. As long as Sony focuses on actually making games people care about and actually. Like bringing back, I think if I was at Sony, I would bring, I would bring back the Japan studio, PlayStation, the Sony Japan. Yeah, they said they're working on a Japan Japanese studio, a new one. They should bring that back. Give us Ape Escape. 
Give us Ape Escape. That would immediately get you so much goodwill. But imagine Sony had a, a Microsoft money, right? They'd probably go after like Konami and Capcom, etc., right? Right. But they're as a Japanese company, they could do that. But Microsoft is dropping like seventy something billion, right? Mm-hmm. Just on this on this shit, dude. <laughs> Sony makes a game for like a hundred million. How many badass IP can you make with seventy with billion? Seventy billion dollars. Too many to count. Right. I guess that would be seven hundred, if you do the math. That's fucking nuts. Dude. It's like, <laughs> yeah, right. Hundred million just, goes into it seventy. It just makes billion. more sense for Sony to be like, we're not gonna fucking acquire studios like to that degree because they, they don't really have to. Because they can't. For one, it's just like just drop a hundred million on a new IP, and you got like an iconic character, right? I mean, it has to be good, but yeah. Yeah, but you get the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah, they don't have to. They don't. They well, they don't have the capital to compete. So it's like if you can't do this, then you better be really good at the other thing you can do, which is make baller games. Yeah. So, yeah, you're worried about this. Uh... I'm worried about Game Pass. Not right now, but in the potential future, where it's so big, they can just like they can just charge whatever. And then like what you said, like what if they make games that are only Game Pass exclusive? And it's like you have to be subscribed to this service to be part of it. And then, like. We all know how like devious subscription services are. You forget about them. You just don't use them, and like they're just like you know, draining you every month and stuff. Yeah, like, I mean, like the Mandalorian. Is there a box set for Mandalorian, or is it just on Disney Plus? I don't know. That's a good question. Actually, I don't know. Yeah. I know Netflix does put out their stuff like on disc sometimes. Like yeah. Cobra Kai, you can buy it like on actual like Blu-ray disc. So I could definitely see like, hey, this one IP, it's behind this paywall. And then if they look at the numbers... But that still will be cheaper than buying a game because you can just get it for the month, beat the game, and then just cancel your subscription too. But I just don't like where it could potentially be like... One of those things where like you're so reliant on it and then all of a sudden like you just can't keep up with it and that kind of sucks, you know? Well, what's the hook? Like, um... What do you I mean? don't know what's the hook. Like, what would keep you on, on, the, on the subscription... Because you're not going to fucking beat all those games you want to play, right? I All the ones I've started, I've beaten so far, which is like five. But have you felt you've beaten them to, at a pacing where it's like, hey, if I play this many games, I can play the games that I really, really like and then cancel it for like the next six months? Mm. Do you feel like I'm, I have to be on No, because I, I feel like there's it. always going to be something there that I want to play. It's kind of like Netflix where like – even I, I mean, I only watch Netflix for Cobra Kai, really, but like, there's always something there. Where, like, oh, I mean, I want to, I mean, I want to try this series out, or I want to look at this kind of thing, or like comfort games. We're like, oh, I want to play this again, or something like that, and I just don't want to deal with like canceling or something. Yeah, because at fourteen ninety nine, it's not, it's not egregious. It's pretty. Wait a second, might raise the price. Or... They might just only, only say that because Netflix has done that. Like, they just did that again They've recently. Yeah. As they acquire, as they become more and more popular, I'm worried that that might be like a huge issue later. I, don't know. I just don't like, I just don't like that subscription thing. Model. It feels like, like, like I've said before, like I'll be on Netflix, and I'm like just scrolling, 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 and I f- I'm like I'm fucking scrolling more than I'm actually watching shit. Right. <laughs> that has to be sometimes I'm like, on Game Pass. Let me just get to the gem, and I watch it, but I'm constantly looking for the gem. Yeah. And I feel like that that would be the situation with PlayStation uh, now as well. Like I don't like the subscription model. Like, like Game Pass and PlayStation now feels like I'm watching Netflix. And yeah, when that's I'm, the. I think 
everybody wants there to be a subscription model because it's so profitable yeah and then but but when i'm actually buying a game like if i'm like hey i'm gonna get horizon or whatever i'm like looking at the game i'm looking at the reviews i'm fully invested it's just not like oh it's there or whatever i'm gonna play it like i'm invested because i have to spend money on this thing and i'm like kind of researching it like do i want it like i'm not sure i haven't had the gameplay i haven't felt the gameplay but that whole experience of going through that process of like do i really want this game and then i purchase the game and i actually play the game that feels like not like I'm on my Netflix, but it feels like I'm in the theater. Like, I'm getting the full experience. Okay. So, I can kind of see that. It's a weird analogy, but I think I, I understand the it's novelty. It's a long, weird analogy. I understand the novelty behind it, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Did you have anything else for you now? Uh, what do you think uh, off the subject, I guess? Oh, well, I heard this from somebody else. The worst case scenario, because people are like, oh, PlayStation is dead and shit, right? <laughs> okay, yeah. So the worst case scenario is, uh, the sky is falling. Sony becomes like Nintendo. And How's that a bad thing? That's what I'm saying. Like People love Nintendo. I still love Nintendo. Yeah. And it looks like Microsoft is becoming just a highly successful version of Sega. Like they're just eventually going to drop their consoles. Maybe oh, they'll okay. keep making them. But they'll like not care so much about them, and they're like, "Well, now we're on PC, now we're on mobile." It's just like a service based. Yeah, that's not such a bad thing. I mean, I only I already enjoy all of Game Pass. I don't even have an Xbox. I just have my computer and my phone. Yeah, and then the other question, which I have no fucking idea how to answer this, is like, when when is it a monopoly? When is too many games too many? Well, that's the thing. I think I think a lot of people are saying this, and I think I agree. I think this is like the last major purchase like they can afford to do for a while, because there is that there is that worry that if they were to try to acquire another studio between now and then, that that might kind of like incur the SEC's wrath or at least like their attention. Yeah, it might be too much too too soon. much too soon. Yeah. yeah. So I think this is gonna be the last major one for like at least two years. I'm thinking. I mean, they might get something else smaller, but like it won't. Nothing's nothing's gonna approach the size of this acquisition ever again. I think, like in terms of pure dollars and like scope of like studios. Yeah, maybe uh, that's why Tencent is just like taking bites out of everything and not just yeah, completely not a complete acquisition, right? It's like a puppet state kind of thing rather yeah. than an outright hostile takeover. Yeah, and then once they get to their master plan, they're like fifty one percent. You know. 50, yeah, the extra one just to take over like the the board of directors kind of thing. Yeah. Funny you mentioned that Johnny because there was another acquisition the week before this that was big at the time and then immediately just got like the all the momentum snuffed out of it. Mm-hmm. Let's look at this one real quick. Uh, about a week before January tenth, uh, this article comes from The Verge. Take Two Interactive, so the people behind Rock uh, Rockstar and GTA. Take Two Interactive to acquire social game developer Zynga. Is it Zynga? Zynga? In $12.7 billion deal. And then, okay, remember this? What happened the week before? Like, I love the, sub- the, like, the subtitle. The, this deal may be the biggest in video game history. Hmm. And then a week later, it's like, nope, not anymore. Take Two Interactive, the video game publisher that owns Rockstar and 2K Games, is set to acquire social game developer Zynga in a deal valued at $12.7 billion. The cash and stock transaction is expected to close in the first quarter of 2023, pending regulatory approval. Take-Two Interactive's acquisition of Zynga marks the company's foray into the mobile game market. Again, here it is, Johnny, mobile game market. 
Take-Two is behind some of the most well-known game series, including Grand Theft Auto, Red Dead Redemption, Bioshock, Borderlands, oh, I love Borderlands, and NBA 2K. Meanwhile, Zanga has a pretty impressive portfolio to its own. Meanwhile, Zanga has a pretty impressive portfolio of its own, defining a genre by planning some of its earliest games like Farmville on Facebook. The mobile game developer also created the ultra-popular Words with Friends. I used to love that, Johnny. You remember Words with Friends? It was like Scrabble. Yeah, you put on your head thing? Is that the one? No. That's uh, Heads Up. Hmm. No, Words with Friends was basically Scrabble, but like between on, on mobile. The company is also set to roll out an Among Us-like game on Snapchat called Revamp. Quote, combining Zynga's expertise in mobile and next-generation platforms with Take-Two's best-in-class capabilities and intellectual property will enable us to further advance our mission to connect the world through games, quote, end quote, said Frank Gibu, the CEO, the CEO of Zynga. Take-Two's $12.7 billion acquisition is one of the biggest in video game history <laughs> by a pretty big margin. I can tell you it's not as big as you're going to think. Ahead of even Microsoft's $7.5 billion purchase. Oh, okay. $7.5 billion purchase of Bethesda, which was finalized last March. And Tencent's $8.57 billion acquisition of a majority stake in Supercell. And then, again, I just love how, like, a month, a week later, like, that figure is immediately trounced by something bigger. So, Johnny, you know my, you know my stance on acquisitions. For the most part, I'm against them. I don't like the idea of it's just a massive Pac-Man game of just gobbling up dots and just making the industry smaller and smaller and smaller. So that'd be amazing if their logo was actually Pac-Man. It's just gobbling up game companies. Yeah. It's like Pac-Man, but instead of a dot, it's like a game controller. Like, they're just like game controllers. It's, it's a wallet. That should have been our logo. We should have came up with something like that. Like a, No, it's copyright infringement. Go ahead with Pac-Man. <laughs> Why would that be our logo? I don't know. I think it's clever. That's all. Hmm. But I don't know, because we consume games media. I don't know. Uh, okay. Yeah, there you go. Anyways, uh, okay, so Johnny, we see Take-Two making moves with Zynga. We see, obviously, the Microsoft one with Blizzard and Activision. How do you feel? Because I know, like, I mean, we're I think we consider us both uh, fans of the free market for the most part. Um, but this, I don't know if this is still within free market principles. I mean, it probably is, but I'm just saying this seems like a perversion of that. What do you think? Are you in favor of companies acquiring other companies, if you think there's some kind of silver lining there, or no? Well, it depends. Sometimes it just gets real fucking sketchy. Like, um, <laughs> like, uh, fuck, I don't know if I want to go in this direction, but there's, like, capitalism, right? And then capitalism, you get to buy all these other companies, right? Okay. At some point, it becomes a monopoly. Yes. But monopolies aren't conducive to a free market. They're not right. conducive to capitalism, right? Yeah, it's like, it's, it's when you go too far in one direction, it's like, What's that Batman quote? Like you live, you like die a villain, or you? Oh no, no, you die a hero. You live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Yeah, I never liked that quote, but it's starting to make more sense. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, was that your was that your question? Like, how do I feel about it? Yeah, I don't like it. Like to a degree, it's it's cool. Like, I think like the only benefit here with the Blizzard one is the change in work culture mm-hmm. under someone who's not Bobby Kodak and his underlings. And also the silver lining here being um, studios who were forced to like work as satellites for Call of Duty now having the option to be more than just that. Like, you know, more opportunities under new leadership is the only thing I can think of. Other than that, like, 
I don't like that. I really don't like the rest of it. The consolidation of all these like major like IPs. Well, because there's also like um, like if Sony were to buy a studio, of course I would like them to buy Capcom <sighs> or Konami. Konami, right? Right. Would I rather they not? Right. I'd rather they just spend that money, create a new IP, or mm-hmm. just make a uh older IP just back to life, right? Something that right. Sony already owns. There's a point where Capcom, if they're struggling, sometimes I'm like, maybe they should just die as a company, right? And they just sell off sell off that IP. Like, mm-hmm. all right, now it's time to sell off that IP and you can Someone who's gonna use it. Yeah, somebody that's gonna use it. And well that's it. I mean do you think maybe it's just right for certain IPs to just be sunsetted off and just like just just die, just the proper death? Nah, that, that's what I said earlier. Like I don't believe in dead IP. It just depends on what. Maybe there's some IP that should just probably just stay dead though. Don't like what? I don't know. I'm just thinking like. I don't know. Okay, so like on the Sony hand, there's like Blasto, Gex, like stuff like that. It's like like no, it's okay if those don't come back. Tomba, Tomba, stuff like that. Where it's just kind of like you had your moments, like let's just sunset you off, like go, like you know. No, rest. it just depends on what stories you want to attach them. Like, okay. there's a re- very creative story you can put to it, some new technology behind it, you can make some dope stuff. Okay, that's fair like, enough. You that's could, fair enough. Like Tomba and stuff, you could include that with Ratchet and Clank. That would be cool. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you, I guess so. You can make it somewhere to that. <laughs> Tomba, like with PS5 graphics, I'd be I think Tomba would be. Even better than Ratchet and Clank. Mm, I don't know about like, that. Like, imagine Tomba as a... What is it called? Uh, Ember Studios? Yeah. Uh, what, what the fuck is the name of the game? Uh, Which one do they do? Because I already forgot. It, it looks like Horizon. The girl with the staff. Oh! Um, Kenna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bridge of Spirits. Yeah, so... With Tomba? Oh, that would have been dope. Right? That sounds cool. Yeah. Um... What were you going? We're going with the acquisitions. I was asking, how do you feel about monopolies and like acquisitions? But you kind of, kind of just yeah, you, you summarize it. I think I addressed that. So, all right, Johnny. I think, I think that's it, right? I feel like we've kind of covered this from every conceivable angle. Yeah, that's one story, right? Is there we're any... still on the same story, right? Yeah. Is there okay. anything like? Is there any other way to cover this? I think we kind of okay. We talked about Bobby Cody. We talked about Call of Duty. We talked about the future of the franchises. We talked about. The work culture. We talked about other games that are not Call of Duty. We talked about how Sony could address it. I feel like we kind of talked about. I talked. I talked about Game Pass and my worries and concerns about that later on, not right now, but in the future. I think that's it, right? I think we've we've covered this ad nauseum at this point, right? Yeah, for that one story. Yeah. Well, yeah, the Blizzard Activision story, the arguably biggest video game event. In terms of like industry, not actual games, but like industry wise, yeah. <sighs> All right, what have you been playing, Johnny? What we're going straight to that? I can't think of anything else. You have anything? I thought else? you had more stories. No, that, they were all ad- related to that. They oh. were, I told you they were all Blizzard, Activision adjacent. Yeah, there's there's smaller stories. Like, um, I was gonna ask you, what do you think uh, Project Spartacus is? Oh shoot. You're right. Okay, so yeah, we're trying to make up for the last two weeks. We're making up a lot of lost ground here. Um, you're gonna. I'm just gonna show you. A... So this was okay. Is it? This is, has to do with like the publishing, of supposedly, of there being a okay. Mark Cerny and the possible was it the reverse engineering of PS One through PS Three, right? 
Is that yeah. related or no? I think we're... Because like, we saw like things about how PS3 games were all of a sudden now available for purchase through the PS5. I think uh, we're kind of trying to... As gamers, I think we're trying to force the idea uh, of reverse compatibility attached with uh, PlayStation's version of Game Pass. Okay. And that would be Project Spartacus. Mm-hmm. So... I'm the real Spartacus. No, I'm Spartacus. It's a, it's a movie reference. Yeah, it sounds like... Spider-Man pulling at each other. No, yeah, okay. Like, the actual movie Spartacus, yeah, it was like somebody who, like... Anyway, it's not important, but yeah. Okay. A lot of people pretending to be Spartacus. Yeah, so do you think Spartacus is just... Like, the current games that aren't Sony, plus the, the old stuff, the reverse compatibility stuff? I think it's just, like, a lot of the current Sony stuff, and then if for them to do that, they would have to go to each individual publisher and be like, hey, do you want to, like, revive this for, like... Spartacus or whatever, like old games, like licenses. It that's sounds like a, it thinking. sounds like a lot of legwork to be done to. That's what I was thinking. Unless of. they could just straight up do straight emulation or like something where like if you have the disc mm-hmm. and it works, you could put it in, and then that's how that would work, and that would completely bypass the need to go through the license because you would already own the disc. Like you're not putting something out for sale again, but then that's there's no profit in that, so. I don't think Sony would do that. So I think yeah, they would have to go through the publishers. Yeah, wasn't it um wasn't it Rockstar that had to take uh Grand Theft Auto off the market because they had tracks that weren't Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. fuck, if they're trying to do that for all those old IPs for Even Sony. games that don't have like music licensed music, like just the fact that like whoever originally made those games royalties and all that stuff That's and wild. permission. That sounds so tedious. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of legwork. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it's worth it. So yeah, unless they unless they could like do like a blanket kind of like hey, let's approach this publisher and like just do a blanket deal or whatever for the entire library or like your like PS2 era like library. Can we just like convert that? Like that might be, that might work. But I imagine that they would have to go to like the whoever makes the most sense would be like the biggest biggest developers of the of that time period. So maybe I mean maybe it's not as like paperwork paperwork heavy as we think. I mean it's. As long as they can get Dino Crisis on it. So through Capcom. Totally wicked. I mean, you could buy Dino Crisis, the original one, on PS3 still. I looked it up on the PS4. No, not not on PS4. PS4 can't play PS1 games. Okay. But on PS3, well, you don't have a PS3 anymore, right? No. Okay, on PS3, you can still buy it, I think. I have it on there. Hmm. Josie has it. Your brother has it on there, too, on PS3. I remember he bought it. It was one of those PlayStation originals you could buy on. Oh, he did buy it. Yeah. Huh. I think it might He's still be up. He's not going to remember his password. Probably not, but I think it's still up. I think you can see. I literally went on the PS3. I, I took out my PS3 like a couple weeks ago when I was sick. Yeah. And I, no, before that, before I got sick. And I dusted it off because I wanted to play the original, the first Call of Duty, Call of Duty Classic. And I was like, let me go on the PSN store and see if it still works. I'm like, yep, it still works. It's still there. But, like, what they offer now is, like, severely reduced. Like, there's not nearly as many games as there used to be. Yeah, I wanted to play that and the game you gave me, um, Extermination. That one was, I don't think it was ever on on, on PSN. Um, I don't think so. You still need to play that game, though. Yeah, I remember I gave you guys that game because I didn't want to play it, yeah. Why didn't you want to play it? I was scared. I saw I was rated M and it had to do with aliens and, and like. It was a really good game. Well, aren't you glad that I gave it to you? Though? I am. It was okay. great. I appreciate it. Um, Stalker got delayed. Stalker 2. To the end of the year, right? 
I think it's like for the fourth quarter. Yeah, um, it's interesting. You have anything to say about uh, Harry Potter being in trouble? Possibly. The oh, oh my god, I forgot the biggest the, news in gaming history. You're talking about the Hogwarts Legacy order, right? Like yeah. it got delayed like a whole year. Yeah. Not so, much. So this is a uh, news that I'm sure is dear to your heart. Is it about uh, Ape Escape? No, it's actually uh. Is it about Pokemon? Tifa in Italy. Oh God! Oh no! <laughs> Do we have to you talk gotta, about? You gotta pull that one up. <laughs> no. Okay. All right. I'll Google it. I forgot about that. I was like, "What is he talking about?" I'm like, "Oh God!" I've seen so many images. Oh my God! Oh, have you seen images? I, I mean, it's digging into blurred it. out. It's blurred out. Okay, I put Tifa. The first thing that comes up is Italian Senate. All right. Here we go. So. I imagine everybody probably knows about this. Okay, so let me go to the IGN article. It says, Final Fantasy Pornography Interrupts an Italian Senate Meeting. Oh, boy. Uh, written by Rupesh Nair over at IGN India. An Italian Senate was recently embroiled in a sticky situation. Why did I have to use that word? <laughs> in a sticky situation when a seminar on a Zoom call featuring a Nobel Prize winner. <laughs> I like how they threw that in there. Broadcasted Final Fantasy Pornography. With the COVID-19 pandemic causing problems around the world, the lawmakers conducted their business on Zoom, just like any other major profession. However, when their meeting began, the politicians couldn't have foreseen what was about to happen on their call. The seminar, which revolved around a discussion about transparent civil service, began with no signs of a potential hack. However, when the Nobel Prize winner for physics, Giorgio Parisi, was about to be introduced, a hacker joined the call and began a screen share. For the next minute, the screen share broadcast in a not-safe-for-work clip featuring Final Fantasy VII character Tifa Lockhart. During this harrowing sequence, <laughs> lawmakers and various participants received a shock of their lifetime, with many of them feeling stuck in a weird situation. According to Anza Politics, Italy's five-star movement senator Maria Laura Mantovani who presided over the meeting as a host of the Zoom call, has sincere has since reported the crime to the authorities and she hoped to see the p- people behind this hack to face the law soon. The official video on demand for the event, which is currently available on Facebook, doesn't feature the pornography clip as it was edited out. However, the clip has surfaced on many social media platforms such as Twitter and Reddit. Twitter has made the clip go viral and just like any other sensational event on the internet, Twitter Audi, Twitter Audi couldn't help but make memes involving Tifa Lockhart in Italians. Moreover, moreover, the incident comes a few days after the legendary Megalovania from Toby Fox's hit game Undertale was played in front of the Pope by a circus troupe. Just like the Tifa Lockhart not safe for work clip, no one knows why Megalovania was chosen to play in front of the Pope. Gaming has had some weird crossovers since 2022 <laughs> started. As in 20 days, it has crossed over to worlds like religion, politics, and now pornography. And even though crazy things have happened in the past two years, no one had these scenarios in their bingo card for the list of insane events that will occur this year. Yeah, so that happened. Um, I mean, if you're going to play anything that's Final Fantasy and kind of lewd, I mean, it might as well be Tifa. But (laughs) aside from that, uh, yeah, that... uh, Never thought I would read that as a headline. And I seen like so many memes about this. I saw one I, I, I saw one that made me laugh and it was um it was a it was uh Caesar, like August uh Julius Caesar. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Tifa did she show you that one or no? 
I didn't. I was gonna send you this one, but I just it's T. It's Julius Caesar and oh, hold on. Don't know why everyone's drawing Italian Tifa, but it's cute. Yahoo. Okay, so that's her like a Mario character. That's cute. Yeah. It was Caesar, Julius Caesar and Tifa like shaking hands, and it's like like Julius Caesar Tifa, and then when they hands me, it says like, uh, nailed during an Italian or or impaled during an Italian Senate meeting, Damn. which is how Julius Caesar died, hmm. and then you know. Oh, was it a during the meeting? Yeah, he was killed when like when the Senate got together and they just assassinated. I didn't him. know that. I thought it was just his homie and then a gang of Brutus. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like him and Tifa like getting. Getting impaled during an Italian Senate meeting, and I was like, "Oh God!" Like, "Oh, <laughs> oh my God!" It's, it's. I mean, I like. I like how that's our last story. That's we're kind of ending on the lighter side of humor. Yeah, I was gonna ask you about this story, but I don't know if you want to cover it because it's. Pretty... I'll, I'll, okay, Johnny. Do you yeah. think any of the senators after that Google Tifa? Of course. Okay, just wanted. I just wanted to know what you thought. Like, did they go home or like? How do I find out more about this character? <laughs> All right, what's up? There's a story. I don't know if you want to cover it, but it's it's very divisive. Frosk. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we can talk about that. Okay, so you're talking about the... Um, funny thing is, I didn't know who she really was until before. Until... Oh, I thought you knew her. I thought you were a fan of her. No, I I mean, she seems cool, but I, I had no idea who she was until I started seeing, like... Because I saw, like, G4 came back, but I, I haven't been, like, watching it. Like, there's just too much stuff to mm-hmm. consume. Uh, alright, so, Fro- I forget her full name, like, her, that's not even her real name, I think that's, like, her handle. I think she has, like, an actual proper name. It's, like, Froskini or something. Froskerin. Um, so, yeah, that was, let me see if I can find the news article Johnny's referencing. Referencing. Uh, so, this person, uh, here it goes, okay. This was from two weeks ago? Jesus Christ, okay. Yeah, this was, yeah, it sounds about right. All right, so this is a Kotaku article about this. Uh, G4 host slams X-Play audiences for sexist expectations. That sounds pretty accurate. Uh, written by Ethan Gack. Gok Gack? I always want to say Gack. Uh, cult hit gaming channel G4 has only been back for a few months after its nearly decade-long hiatus. And already the hosts are fed up with some of the assholes. And that's what the article says, not me. In the audience. Former esports commentator and new ex-play co-host Indiana. Okay, that's her role. Indiana Black. That is a cooler name. Indiana Black. That's her actual legal name. That's Indiana. a cooler name than Froskerin, which she chose. Indiana is Black. That her actual name. That's her real name. That's a cool name. Why would? Okay, if I had a cool name like that, I would just go by it all the time. Indiana Froskerin Black specifically called out the crude sexism of viewers, online commentators, and other randos that she still faces in gaming in the year 2021. Quote, in joining G4, I was ecstatic to be part of something I grew up watching as a child. But every time G4 is brought up in various channels, even in this YouTube channel, we have the chat in front of us. I can see you. Without a doubt, there will be backlash because I'm not as, quote, bangable. I love that phrase, bangable. As previous host, Black said during a gaming grievances segment that aired yesterday. Black was referencing Morgan Webb and Olivia Munn, who, you know, to be fair, are very attractive. Mm-hmm. Among others who, during their time as G4 hosts, were sometimes treated by both the show and its audience as sexual objects. True. Who were then also harassed for being fake gamer girls. I remember that. A lot of people were like, there's no way Morgan Webb plays games. She does, guys. She does play games. She's actually... Morgan Webb is actually now... She's a, I think she's a developer at some um, some indie studio now. Back to the article. It has somehow been expected... Okay, so this is... Uh, 
Indiana Black talk. Oh, such a cool name. Indiana Black speaking. It has somehow been expected that you can talk about how much you okay jerked off to women as a compliment, Black said. It's not a compliment. It's dehumanizing and it's weird. Women do not exist to be nice on the eyes for you. Morgan Webb, Olivia Munn did not exist to be nice on the eyes for you. Uh, going down. Her remarks were shared by G4's official account on Twitter where they blew up with others, including many of the gaming industry's most prominent women backing Black's message. One of the more infamous moments in G4's original run came when Munn suggestively licked a PS3. I remember that. <laughs> During a Megathon coverage event for the console's 2006 launch. A lot of things were licked on G4. <laughs> like, I'll see. Dude, I've seen a lot worse from Olivia, man. Right. In 2009, children's songwriter Perry Grip wrote, The Girl at the Video Game Store to celebrate Attack of the Show's 1,000th episode. A music video for it starred Mun being lusted after by a young fictional customer at the store and in many ways a stand-in for the median G4 viewer. Whether it was a role Mun crafted for herself or was forced into in order to succeed in a male-dominated field, it wasn't a license for fans to be demeaning nor to project those expectations onto others. Munn, who went on to star in 2012's Magic Mike and HBO's The Newsroom, wrote in her book called Suck It, Wonder Woman, The Misadventures of a Hollywood Geek about a 2004 incident where a Hollywood director, later to be revealed Brett Ratner, okay, so that was a red flag right there, uh, masturbated in front of her in his trailer. Prior to other allegations coming out against Ratner, the X-Men director went on G4's Attack of the Show in 2011 after Munn had left to promote an upcoming movie and use the interview to make sexually demeaning and racist remarks about the former host to her former co-host, Kevin Pereira. While G4 relaunched last November with a much more diverse staff this time around, it's clearly been hard to exercise all of its past demons, including the misogyny of some of its early fans. Pereira is back headlining the new incarnation of Attack of the Show, while Adam Sessler co-hosts the new version of X-Play. We are X-Play, not Adam-Play. Black said yesterday on the show. Again, this was two weeks ago. Adam will read a script written by the same writer that I will read the other half of the script for, but I'll be the one flamed. Both things can be true, that there is a general hatred of anything that isn't Adam, and that I'll receive special flame just for being a woman. She went on. Uh, she says, holy shit, I just bore witness to one of the most amazing things I ever... Oh no, Sister put that. Holy shit, I just bore witness to one of the most amazing things I've ever been part of on live TV. Sessler, who applauded loudly through a TV screen while broadcasting remotely, wrote on Twitter, I love Froskerin even more if that was possible, he said. Uh, okay, I'm just going to end it there because I'm tired of reading the same article. Uh, it kind of just goes on from there about the same stuff. All right. Um, okay, how do we approach this exactly? Okay, so I did. I saw the actual video originally, like when it happened. I like on Twitter and stuff. I I don't I don't think she's wrong for saying what she said. I think a lot of her points are solid points. Like, I mean, I mean, you can go into a Call of Duty lobby and like I've been in Call of Duty lobbies where women do speak up, and it and like they immediately regret it. Like I've heard like guys just start like making so all sorts of like unwanted like comments about them, and it's like. Like, yeah, you can't just, like, join, like, in the party chat and not expect things to get out of hand. It's just, that's just how bad it is. I'm not, like, excusing it. I'm just saying that as, like, a like a matter-of-fact kind of thing. Okay. Uh, okay, so, Johnny, what would you, why'd you, you wanted to talk about this one. You brought it up. What, what's your... I actually more just wanted your take on it. 
I think she's right. I think there is uh, obvious misogyny. I think that's... I'm not excusing the video game, like, audience. But, like, just because something's expected doesn't mean it should always be that way. But, I mean, it kind of... I sort of feel like we're on the opposite ends. I, 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 I felt we were going to be. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Wait, no, what's I'm, still, I'm still trying to figure out where you're going with it. Oh, okay. Because you told me, like... Well, I'm not going to say what you, what you DM me, but go ahead. Um, I forgot. What did I DM you? Because I don't remember. What did I say on that? You said it was powerful stuff. I said powerful stuff? Yeah. It was a, it was a good rant. Like, it was very... I mean, it was powerful in the sense that it was, like, emotion-packed. You can tell, like, how sincere and how, like, painful it was for her to talk about. Like, she was very upset. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. De- I would say it was powerful in that sense where it was, like, a really, like... I don't know if it was scripted, like, if she was gonna, like, did she, like, practice it, like, ahead of time or something? Mm-hmm. But, like, it was, like, she didn't stutter. It was, like, she delivered it, like, as if she, like, practiced it. So, it, to me, it seemed like a professionally, like, like, all right, I'm really gonna let you have it kind of moment to me. That's what it seemed like to me. So, uh, I don't, I don't disagree with her. Um, gamers in general just kind of. I don't know what it is about. I think that there's a lot of people who say things anonymously over the line who, like, you know, they would not say things in person, like keyboard warriors, as we call them. Yeah. I think the sense of anonymity on YouTube or whatever, like, people, like, relish in knowing, like, they're not, like, in person, so they can just say, it's like, you ever heard that phrase about there's only two people who tell the truth, it's like, babies and, like, drunk people? Mm-hmm. I think like, you can apply a third one there where, like, people, like, on YouTube, like, when you have that extra layer of like, uh, we call it, not just on the menu, but like another extra distance kind of, uh, we call it uh, a degree of separation. There you go. Mm-hmm. I think you can just say whatever you want because you know there's no consequences. So, yeah. So um, you get a free people get free pass on being jerks. What are you gonna say, Johnny? I just don't know where to start with this thing. Like you're saying, people feel like they get a free pass on being jerks, and a lot of stuff I see on the internet. I read comments and they're like really disgusting and harsh, mm-hmm. but it makes me think like, how old is this person? Like, is this just like an eight-year-old fucking typing away, right? A lot Probably of not an eight-year-old. And then there's like blue checks on Twitter that are fucking adults and say the most vile shit, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah, they disagree with you, but they disagree to a point where they say like, you gotta die type of shit, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what's his name? Uh. What's his name? Who? Uh, her her fucking co-worker. Adam Sessler. Yeah, Adam Sessler says some wild shit, dude. Oh, yeah, yeah. He went on that really transphobic rant a couple years back. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it wasn't intentionally transphobic, but it, it the context did come across as transphobic. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and... Um, Which is know. funny, because he's never like... I think, I think we liked Adam back in the day of G4, because they were one of the few people where they were actually talking about gaming, right? And they had a larger platform. And we didn't have all these little uh, smaller creators just talking about gaming. And Sessler was in the forefront of that. So we imagined, we I mean, I think that was like the, attached yeah, that was the first time I've ever seen. Like, I remember when we watched the G4 like in your old apartment, like when you guys yeah. lived in Eagle Rock. And I remember like, I don't think I ever saw any like gaming presented in any other medium where it's like, oh, like this is like an official like. Like this is somebody of a, authority uh, with an authority voice about this particular like form of entertainment so like i think sensor for a lot of us was like the early like pioneer of like what it means to talk about 
the gaming space. Yeah, like Sessler knows about gaming. Like he knows the industry. He knows the shit. He's like thirty years of yeah, yeah, reviews, yeah. He knows his games. But Sessler is somebody that we attach ourselves to because of that. What I just said of what he presented himself on the TV back then. Yeah, yeah. but like the more recent years of him, you kind of see what his like personal life is. Yeah, because of just social media, he's a little more unhinged than uh, yeah we were led to believe. Yeah, and it, and. He, it just feels like the new G four is Adam Sessler. Like, have you watched it? I've I've just seen clips of it. Okay, I haven't like, seen it. I have it. no I interest in watching G four. Okay, but um, yeah, because of this this whole drama, I was like, oh, let me look, let me look at the old episodes compared to the new episodes, and the new episodes just feel like they have a political leaning to it. You know? Really, I haven't watched it, so I can't say like yes or no. Yeah, I didn't get that vibe from the rest of the guys except for Sessler and Hurt. And they have the completionist, right? I think they have Gerard on there, but I haven't like And it feels I haven't like, tuned in to watch or anything. It feels like, hey, uh I feel like I learned a lot from this little drama because I don't want this this podcast to become that, right? Like we'll say like I'll straight I'll say like, yeah, I'm a capitalist or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't want I don't want people to feel like I'm just beating them over the fucking head with like you should do this and that and all this shit, right? Like it's more subtle. It's yeah, it's a little <laughs> more subtle. But I'll tell you like, hey, this is the way I feel. Whatever, cool. Yeah, like, you could be you. You could believe that. Like I don't like this ideology, but you I'm not like, gonna hate you. Yeah, right? you, you don't like like really censor yourself like overtly. Yeah, but even people that I like disagree with, I'm not gonna be like shut the fuck up, whatever. Right? It's like hey, I still want to know what you got to say, right? Mm-hmm. So that show, that show G four right now just doesn't feel like that. It's just like, well the channel, right? Yeah, yeah. G four like, is the channel, and then X plays the show. Yeah, yeah. Like it feels like either you feel the way that we do, or get the fuck out. Which is what the the last thing that she says. If you don't like it, don't watch it. Right? I mean, is there really much wiggle room on don't be a jerk? Like, is that like a controversial thing to like for her to say? Yeah, is that? I mean, no, for there to be, like, any, like, dissent from, like, like don't treat women this way. And it's like, is there really any other, well, like... Well, part of it is, like, how much of that... Because I'm sure it happens to her, right? Right, like, absolutely. I'm not it's not deny, just made up, right. I'm not, like, that's her experience? Cool, like, if it happens to you, I totally get it. But it's like she's speaking to everybody in the gaming community. Like in everybody general. treats me this way, or, or so I, I'm gonna like I mean, shit a little, on all of you. That's a little hyperbolic. I don't think she means literally everybody. She's talking specifically to the people who like write her like sexually suggestive stuff, or like clearly not everybody, right? It's like the whole like not all men, right? And it's like obviously not all men. Just like the like all like all like obviously all lives matter. I mean, this is like a very specific. But if it's not it doesn't apply to you, then Edward don't worry just about got it. Canceled. How did I get canceled? For saying all lives matter. Oh, God. What I'm saying is it's like it's talking to a very specific subgroup of men, but you're not going to be like, okay, this person and this person specifically, and then like the rest of you are okay. It's not like she has no way of knowing how many people by their names or anything. So it's just like a blanket general, even though it doesn't apply. I get I get. there's a lot of passion be, behind what she said, but do you think maybe she would have made more progress if she was a little more like calm with it? And like methodical. If she was more calm and methodical about it, I don't think it would have gotten nearly as much press as it did. Because True, outrage she, and stuff is like what gets clicks. But she just got more hate. 
Like, dude, I might maybe she. I think she might have. I mean, but then it would, it would just be proving her point too. So I so I have like I got the story from like YouTube, right? And I know YouTube has a fucking algorithm. <laughs> Is, so it's like is every, it is it who I think it is, Johnny? I don't know who is it. Is it the Q guy? Q guy, who's the Q guy? Is it is it was it the quartering? No, I don't watch the quartering. Oh, okay, I wasn't sure. <laughs> I uh, thought, this is I kind of think he would jump on. That's why. No, nah, nah, he probably would jump on this type of thing. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, like I just see fucking constant videos of like shitting on her, and I'm like, fuck, goddamn, and it's. Like, a lot of females. It's a lot of fucking females just saying, like, Frost is, like, just over-fucking-did it. And she's, like, playing this victim card and all this shit. Oh, women are saying that? A lot of them. Interesting. I can show you those videos. Or I could just give you the fucking list of, like, names that are just saying it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's a pretty good point coming from a from a female. Um, but, yeah, I learned a lot that I, I don't want this podcast to, be like, be toxic. Like, I might have, like, my leanings, but I don't want people to think like they don't belong or they can't say whatever they want like if people want to write in and say whatever it is they want which they will like just feel comfortable just saying it like that that i appreciate what they have to say okay i mean for the most part i think we try to be pretty tactful with what we talk about yeah we st- i think we'll still try to be balanced about yeah. it yeah um so i get i i get why she would get some of the hate like like, when she talks about, um, okay, she was having a conversation, and she, before the acquisition of uh, Activision Blizzard, mm-hmm. she said uh, PlayStation was a dead man walking. What? Okay, right? That's a little absurd. Okay. How would you not get, like... That's hyperbolic. How would you not, how, how as, like, a gamer, would you not be like, man, get the fuck out of here? Like, yeah. dead man walking, are you fucking serious? Yeah. And then she says something like, Xbox has Xbox has it on the bag because um, they have a Harry Potter. What? Right? I thought Harry Potter was on everything. Exactly. So you see comments like that, and you're okay. Did she really say that though? Look it up. Okay, that's weird. That's so okay. Okay. Look, I might I might have the game wrong, but I'm pretty damn sure it was Harry Potter. So you look at things like that, and you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? So as as somebody that's like reviewing games and is on a platform like G Four, it's like you gotta be on your shit, right? Like, I mean, people are made to make they're allowed to make mistakes, but I mean, that's not like a gender thing. That's just like that's just like that's a bad I'll, take. Yeah, regardless, it's yeah. like so you would get hate from from some people. I mean, yeah, like, I understand. Okay, yeah, I think you're allowed to get criticized for stuff. I mean, but. There's a difference between criticism and being like die, you know, something hyperbolic like that. Like, I think, I think, yeah, but it's I also- think you have to be careful to have the intuition and the presence of mind to separate what is what is proper criticism and then what is just pure vitriolic, like just me, like hate. Yeah, dude, but also like you're on the internet, like we're on the internet, right? And I think of all the dumb shit I say on the podcast, and I'm like, they're going to fucking eat me alive for this shit. And it's like, you're on the <laughs> internet. Like, you know this is, like, the environment. It's not, like, just the gaming community. It's just by the fact of being on there, you're going to meet all these crazy-ass fucking people. You're going to meet bots. You're gonna, Like, it's going to be nuts, right? There's just, there's just like, bots out there designed just to, like, curse at people. And stuff. Yeah, and there's, like, so many, so many individual different people on the internet. Like, there's bound to be, like, thousands of 
garbage that you're gonna get from people right, right. so I don't know, dude. Like, if Ross wasn't on that platform, would she be getting all this hate? Like, maybe not. Maybe people think I don't she, know. She, she just she, keep it close to her circle, and people might think she's like, "Oh, this one's really cool." Well, I don't know that for sure. I mean, because she did the like other esports stuff before that. She did uh, esports commentating. Bef- That's how she got this job was esports commentating. So, but I know, it, I know, she probably got hate before this. What was it more like? Stick to the script type of thing. Cause this was like her expressing herself. Like when was she? When was she? When she's? I'm sorry. When she's doing the esport thing, was it just like what? Was it more like like what I said? I don't know. I have to imagine to... it would be hyperbolic stuff too, because again, that's the kind of stuff that gets like attention and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Another thing why people would shit on her. She talks about Adam and like there was like. Uh, all these other girls in the background okay writing reviews right oh that's right that she, she called out the names of like the other people involved in like the production of the show and stuff yeah yeah so it's like i'm listening to this girl because i want to listen to her opinion but i'm just listening to somebody else that already wrote it and she just admitted that it's not her act it's not her review yeah but that's common johnny like the t- late late night talk show hosts have writers that write their jokes and stuff. But That's... We know that, like we yeah, we know they have writers. No, she's talking about specifically like for certain reviews because there is okay. So like IGN does this thing where like one person will write the review and then another person will literally read the review out loud as if like they like they're speaking for themselves. But it's really just somebody else who wrote it and they're just trans- transcribing it for them. Yeah, I don't listen to those reviews, like the IGN stuff. There's the IGN review and I just don't. I... It just doesn't sit well with me. I don't like it. All right, but that's, again, specifically you. But I would get why she gets hate on it. Like, hey, you didn't write your own shit. This isn't really how you feel. You're just regurgitating. But does Adam also get the same hate for the same thing for doing the exact same thing? I don't know because she mentioned that, but she didn't really show anything for it. What is that? What is she supposed to show? I, I don't know. It's but it's just like, like you wanted her to pull up like the like the receipts and the notes of everything that's been said. Like I don't know. Okay, some of this like, I get what you're saying, and some of it just seems like bad faith, like not exactly one to one. Okay. Okay, the review thing, I kind of get you on that. Like when you're saying everybody does this, like okay, that's the industry standard. I think that's thing. more personal with me. It's like yeah, I don't okay. like when people do that shit, but I get you. Okay. Um, that's really it. Okay, <laughs> that's really it. I like you said it was gonna be fucking divisive or divisive, whatever. Divisive. That's fair. We don't always have to agree. I mean, no, we don't. We disagree all the time. I mean, I don't agree with everything you mentioned, but I'm, you know, not gonna throw the mic at your head or something, and you're not gonna kick me out of your house or whatever. So, no. I mean, it is what it is. So. But I mean, no, it, was, it literally costs nothing to just like if you have nothing nice to say, unless it's actual genuine criticism. If it's just to like hate on somebody, like it literally costs you nothing to just be nice to people. I tell that to my students all the time. It literally costs you nothing to just be nice to the other students and not like be jerks all the time. That's just not the internet. I know, I know, I know. Like you tell your students, that's it's, a whole different animal. Though. Right. I know. I know. It's against human nature. I get it. But at the same time, like. It, it literally doesn't cost you anything to just not be a jerk. I mean, although I guess it does cost you willpower. Willpower might be a a, a, a cost. So. Yeah, and like all the other females that I, I mentioned were talking shit on her. They brought up the same stuff where it's like, yeah, I get hate all the fucking time. 
like they'll talk about them getting all that same shit, mm-hmm. but they don't feel like they go on the on on this. They don't feel like they need to go on this fucking massive rant because it's well like, because they're not in the position. They're like in the background. They're not. They don't have the platform the same way she does. You know. I guess. I mean, like the producer and the writer don't have the same platform as somebody who's. No, on I'm talking camera. about other. Uh, oh, creators. I thought you meant the people on the show. No, other creators that oh. have like a hundred thousand followers and stuff. And well, like, didn't Pokey made something the same with it too? I think didn't she like tweet or retweet or quote tweet or something like the. The rant that I saw her supported or something. I don't know. Maybe she does support it. I'm sure she gets a fuckload of hate too. Pokemon. Yeah, but that's I. Okay, how much of that is just her being women, and how much of that is it because she is Pokemon? Like that's like a you know. That, that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. like she has a massive platform, so a, a huge percentage of that is gonna be like crazy fucking hate, and it's not right. I'm not trying to say it's okay. Yeah, we're not trying to normalize it. Yeah, I think we're getting a. We're going in circles here. Too deep in the. In the weeds. Yeah. All right, Johnny. Let's bring you back to something a little more lighthearted. What have you been playing? Yep. Oh, oh my okay, god. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay, okay. All right. Ah, oh, fuck. I feel drained after that. Like, yeah, you went like on a you went on your own little soapbox right there. <laughs> yeah, because I'm, like I'm not. Okay, I'm not all that articulate, and I'm not all that fucking eloquent. So neither I'll am I. Neither shit. am I. I'll say something. And I'm like, did did he get what I'm really trying to say? I think I get the right? spirit of we try to say sometimes. Yeah. So it's sorry not, for the noise. I'm getting a cookie. Yeah, it's not it's not really hate on Frost. I just feel like um, I kind of get why some people would go after her strawman argument. Yeah. All right. Whatever. Um. I played. Fist. Okay. I know I already talked about Fist. I you talked did. about the mechanics and the gameplay, all of that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. When I spoke about that stuff, I think I was maybe maybe like a quarter through the game. Okay. So there was a whole lot more to the damn game, dude. There's, really? There's did it so... change dramatically from what you played already? Mm. Same tools, except I got into different areas of the game. Like, there is this massive underwater uh, area, right? And remember I told you, like, oh, you can use your um, your little uh, drill as, like, a submarine thing, right? Mm-hmm. So all that stuff gets upgraded, and then you complete this massive region. I thought I was maybe going to platinum the game. I'm not so sure. Did you at least beat the game? Yeah, I beat it. Okay. Uh, when you said there's a water section in the game, I immediately was like, I hate this already. Because I hate water levels. That's what I was going to say. I fucking don't like water games. And it never feels right. This thing was a massive part of the game. Like Jesus, okay, not, okay, not massive. I, w- I want to say like twenty percent. This reminds me of the you heard of the too much water meme. No. Okay, it was like a, a few years ago. IGN reviewed a, uh, I think it was Pokemon Ruby Sapphire, it was like the remake or something. And they uh, hold on, uh, I'll call you back. Not bad. And. Um, a huge portion of the game requires you to traverse over water. Mm-hmm. And one of the cons they put in the review was uh, too much water. And it's <laughs> become kind of like a meme since then for like, like whenever a game has like water, like people are like, oh, too much water. Like they like knock points off of it or whatever. So anyways, that's a little thing about that. Well, okay. So what was wrong with the water mechanics? Hold here? on. I think I know where, I think you'll know where this came from. 
there's been times where I want to go to the beach with my friend, uh, one of my friends, and he'll tell me, like, I don't like sand. Star Wars reference. Exactly. Okay. It's gritty and gets all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I beat the game. I feel like this is one of the best indies I've ever played. Uh, it's pretty dope, dude. I like the mechanics. Uh, aesthetically, I wish it was in 4K. You know, PlayStation, the PS doesn't even run 4K. Uh, Not natively, at least, I don't think. But the environments are so in-depth, dude. There's there's so much shit going in the background. You can see so far down. Although it's like a side-scroller, right? You can see so far down and there's like a lot of Like depth perception, kind of? Yeah, and there's like little things going on in the background. Like mm-hmm. maybe there's a car driving down the street or... The boss battles are dope. You did tell me that last time. You enjoyed the boss battles. Yeah. And that's it. I really Does it have a game. satisfying ending or like is it not the story not matter really? The story to me is too kiddie. Okay. It, I wish it had more depth. Well, does it at least nail does it nail the stick the landing or not really at the end? Like was like, did you end it being like, okay, like that was satisfying or I feel like I didn't complete everything, right? Like like there's these shards. Is there a way to track like what you're miss like what yeah, you have? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, the map will say like 100 percent complete, and it'll like colorize it or whatever. So like the maps like in Resident Evil were like a red area is like oh you haven't like finished this kind of thing. Blue area like this is complete like that kind of. Well, it'll show you the map like it'll show you the the corridors and the rooms and all that stuff. But does it give you like a general idea of where you're missing something or? Not. No, you just have to go get it. Okay, so it could be like a huge area and just like a small part. Dude, well. that happens often. I'm uh, like, I hate that. I'm like, I jump into a new zone. It'll tell me like the name of the new place. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, there's a little sewer thing, and then it turns out to be fucking enormous, dude. And it, it starts putting it in. <laughs> I was misled then... about this part, <laughs> but I guess what I'm trying to say is like, you really get your money's worth with this indie game. That's good. Yeah. How many does it tell you completion time at the end? Like how many hours, or did you give like a rough estimate? It's probably like twenty. Okay, that's. I think twenty is the sweet spot for like a game. I think twenty hours is like you got everything out of it that you needed to get, and then a little bit more. Well, it's probably it's probably nearing like especially for like a platformer, the side scrolling <laughs> platformer at that. It's probably closer to like twenty five, but I was trying to complete it. Okay, so you did some backtracking and like oh, man. deep, deep searching. But it was all fun. Okay. And all right. Then, yeah, and then I started uh, Frostpunk. Again. I love Frostpunk, dude. Okay. Yeah, I did it. I played it again. You knew he had to do it again. Yeah. Um, The scenario is going a lot better because I already have experience with it, right? Mm-hmm. So I have an idea of like. How to manage all these resources yeah, with yeah. the heat? Like, and this the isn't this and... isn't my first apocalypse. Nah, <laughs> um, I had a better idea of like when to explore this this tree over here. Do I explore heating? Do I explore oh, like homes? a skill tree kind of thing? Hospitals. Okay. Expeditions. What's not worth like investing early on? Yeah, it's like, do I wanna, do I? It's like because there's also a, you want to set the tone for. There's also like a little calendar, dude. There's so many things that happen all at once. There's always something to do, but you have there's to you have to balance between keeping your people warm and fed, and so it's gonna take your resources, right? Like they're gonna be like feeding me, giving me shelter, take care of this these people that are like traders or whatever, and that's the immediate immediate stuff. 
Mm-hmm. But then you look at your calendar and the calendar is like gradually going uh, to the left. Uh-oh. And in the calendar, it'll tell me like uh, it's going to drop in temperature Uh-oh. or it's going to go up or it's going to drop twice in temperature. <laughs> so you see this clock moving along and you're like, guys, I can't fucking spend my resources on you because if I don't spend them on the long term things, you're going to die later. Right. Mm-hmm. So you have to figure out like, OK, uh, I got to lose a certain sector of my population in order to save the colony. So, <laughs> for the greater good <laughs> yeah and then it has uh, sacrifices will have to be made and then there's a uh, you go into later on into the like moral dilemma where there's a, a faction trying to detach themselves they're going trying to go back to London and you have to decide whether yeah, you better not take our resources with you <laughs> well at some point you become very authoritarian yeah, you become like an authoritarian, or you become you take the uh, religious route, which ends up being authoritarian anyways. Just <laughs> with a religious like skin over it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I love that. So like they have watchtowers, and they have I think preachers on the other side, but they all end up being like a, a daddy state, and so it really doesn't matter what direction you you choose. Okay. It just ends up being like just for want... story purposes, like. Yeah, it's like, do you want this type of building, or do you want these options that are like a a story that you might like better? But um, it's it's really fucking fun, dude. Okay. Um, that's it. And you told me you have fucking seven games already. Well, okay, two of them I already talked about the last time we recorded at the start of the month. Um, so like this year, I was like, I wanted to play more, more games and like kind of like shorter games at the same time. Because remember last year. Oh, we didn't even talk about this, Johnny. Our your our PlayStation wrap up. Um, Johnny chose not to look at his because he knows it's gonna be mostly Fortnite. No, <laughs> he doesn't want to look at it. So I did my PlayStation wrap up. I last year I played one thousand and three hours of PlayStation, which is God. That sounds it makes me feel bad for some reason because it's like a lot of hours. <laughs> like I could have done other stuff with that, but anyways, that's neither here nor there. Uh, so. Persona 5 was my most played game of last year, obviously, at 154 hours. And then after that, it was followed by... Um, oh, what was, I, I actually have it right here. I forgot. I pulled Speaking it Speaking of that, do you want to make a resolution here? Did I pod? close it already? What was that? What did you say? Do you want to make a resolution here on the pod? A revolution or resolution? Resolution. Oh, how are we going to do a resolution? This is the first month. Uh, hold on. Okay, so Persona 5 Royal, 154 hours. Followed by Final Fantasy XIV Online at 76 hours. Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, 72 hours. That's exactly three days, Johnny. A perfect thir- three days. Uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon at 70 hours. And then Cyberpunk 2077 at 67 hours. So, it was a good year for me RPG. Because all those games were RPGs except for Call of Duty. And then, uh, what were my other stats? I'm going to go down real quick. I added 529 trophies last year. So that's like w- more than one a day. And what was the other stat? There was another stat I wanted to look at. Oh, and I played on my PlayStation uh, 36. Waiting for the number to stop. Yeah, 36 games on PlayStation last year. So that's my wrap up. So yeah, this year uh, I want to play more games, but I want them to be shorter games. So I'm trying not to play too many rpgs which are like notoriously time wasters Mm -hmm. and i'm trying really hard not to play call of duty because again that's another 
time waster where I'm not really like, I'm not getting, I mean, I'm still having fun, but I'm not getting like a new experience out of playing the same game over and over. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So this month, okay. So last year I, I completed 30, what was it? 32 games. I think I said, right. Already in the first month of this year, I've already completed seven games. Two of them I already talked about. I talked about Lake and I talked about uh, the Forgotten City last time, so I'm not going to talk about that. I completed uh, this game called Death and Taxes, which is a PC game. Death and Taxes, you play as a Grim Reaper whose job, what it is, is you go to your office, you're given the profiles or like the kind of like the files of different people, and then it's your job to decide. Like the quota is like for that day, like, okay, here's seven people, five of them have to die. By the end of today and you go through like their you look at their like at their backgrounds and stuff and then you have to based off of like their personality like what they've accomplished whether they have family you have to decide who makes it and who doesn't and the thing that's cool is like based off your actions you'll get the newspaper the next day and then the obituary section will be like affected by what you did so for example there was a moment where I had to get rid of between the first option. The first choice in the game is between two people. You have to kill one of them. Mm-hmm. And like one's like a climate scientist and the other one is like an accountant or something. Right. And then, okay. So I remember one of the good ones I liked was there was like somebody who was like a financial advisor and then somebody else who was like a climate scientist. That's what it was. If you take out the climate scientist, the next day you find out like, Oh, like, uh, climate summit like canceled and then like later on throughout the rest of the week like there'll be like repercussions from that decision Mm -hmm. and then if you kill like the investor it's like oh like millions of families lose money in crypto scheme or whatever because this advisor gave them like bad advice if you let her live or something like that so if you kill her then they don't get invested in the scheme and like those families don't lose the money or something like that and so like there's like repercussions later on about like if you kill too many of a certain type of people, then there will be like either environmental, financial, cultural, or I forgot what the other one was. I think political, like turmoil. Mm-hmm. And so like you're not just randomly killing people, though it seems that way. But you do get like feedback of like, okay, so this is what changed because of the choices you made with the timeline. Okay. So it's pretty cool. It's a short game. It was like five hours, about six, five hours. There's multiple endings. I got two different endings but there's like i think over 20 different endings based off of who you kill and who you don't kill mm-hmm. there's an ending designed for because you are free to kill as many people as you want so you can literally just kill everybody and then there's like a special like ending for that you can literally not kill anybody and then there's an ending for you sparing everybody so it's a really cool game just like it i like it because it puts into perspective how like insignificant people can have like huge like butterfly effects later on because how many times have we talked about like like how would the world have been different if hitler wasn't born or like how would the world or maybe like what if hitler had to die or had to become the fewer to prevent somebody even worse than him or someone who was more competent than him like like how many necessary i'm not i'm not justifying the holocaust i want to make that clear but i'm saying like this game kind of puts in perspective like we're like oh i'm just gonna kill the morally evil people but it's like that doesn't always pan out the way you think it's going to pan out because if you kill the morally evil people, sometimes they might have like actually good causes or good effects that now are like shut down because they died or something. It's kind of like uh, where the ends don't always justify the means kind of thing. 
it's a really cool game. I enjoyed it. Uh, it was on sale. I think that game came out like three years ago, but it was on sale on PC. It was like four bucks. Okay. So I figured for four bucks, I would just dive in. It was like the recommended section of Steam. So, uh, I also finally beat the original Spiral the Dragon. I'm talking about the PS1, which is funny because we were talking about Spiral earlier. Mm-hmm. Growing up, I've always been around the Spiral games with like our cousin Ruben and cousin Brian and like all those people. But I've never actually committed to beating a Spyro game. Wait, you got the new version of it? I got the, yeah, the Reignited Trilogy. Okay. So I completed the first one, but it's like the remake of the first one. Which is the same game, it just looks way better. It's been built from the ground, you know, above or whatever. Ground to top. Ground up. Ground up, thank you, sir. Ground up, (laughs) ground to top. Ground up, and so that game is that game is super easy, except for like the final boss is extremely notoriously hard. I got through it. Um, I wondered for a while why Spyro isn't like bigger, and having played the first one, I kind of know why now because the mechanics are super simple. Mm-hmm. The game is not like groundbreaking in any way. The gameplay is super easy platform. Just do this thing free these dragons it's kind of like super mario but even easier than super mario 64 mm-hmm. so now i know why spyro isn't a bigger deal in terms of like you know mind share although he is iconic he's really just a relic of the past because the gameplay has not kept up with him so yeah i beat the original spyro the dragon i'm now playing uh the second one in the trilogy enjoying that one a little less <laughs> than the first one but I'll, I'll talk about that when I actually finish it. Um, here, I wrote the games down. I forgot what the other ones were. I'm, go, I'm trying to go through these really quick because just, you know, we're already past two hours. Um, where's the app? Johnny, did you get the GG app after all yet or no? I did. I added some games. Did you now? Yeah. I like it because it helps me keep track. Otherwise, I forget like what I play without it. Oh! I, I, I bought and beat uh, Injustice 2. Do you know which one Injustice is? Yeah. It's the fighting DC game? Yeah, that is a dream because it does have a decent story to it. It does. But I, but I haven't. I re- okay, so Injustice 2 was like literally 2 or $3 on PSN like the other day. Mm-hmm. I'm like, at 2 or $3, I'm willing to give it a try. Now, you know I do not like fighting games. They are very system heavy. They are difficult. They require too much like trying to master simple like commands for one character. I don't really enjoy them. Uh, so Injustice 2 developed by another realm the same people who do Mortal Kombat I really love this story this is such a it's kind of like Civil War from the Marvel but adapted to DC basically mm-hmm. so in the first Injustice game uh, the Joker kills Lois Lane enrages Superman so much that Superman literally kills the Joker something that Batman has never done before he kills the Joker and then Superman's kind of like why well, stop there like, what if we could just prevent crime altogether? We do all these half measures and trying to stop things before they... Like, why don't we just completely just make it so that all crime is basically justified by death? And so Wonder Woman, I think some other characters kind of, like, join his faction. And then Batman's kind of, like, the voice of reason. Like, no, like, we don't kill. That's not what we do kind of thing, right? So that the first game, you know, Batman against Superman, whatever. Uh, I guess he beats Superman or whatever, and Superman is, you know, removed from his position. Injustice 2 starts off with something similar, where now they're dealing with the fallout of that, where Superman's in prison, and now Superman's, like, former teammates are trying to break him out of prison. 
and then Batman and his crew are trying to prevent it, and there's like a whole bunch of like drama. But then there's like an intergalactic threat of Brainiac, which spoilers isn't that big of a spoiler. You find out pretty early on. Mm-hmm. Brainiac is a threat to everybody, and only Superman is the closest one, like power wise, who might have a chance against him. So him and Batman have to put their differences aside and focus on the bigger threat than their like petty argument and stuff. It's a really cool story. I like. I mean, I'm kind of oversimplifying it. There's way more to the story than that. Some characters who are traditionally villains are actually like good, and some of the good characters, the heroes, are actually bad. It's interesting, kind of like it's like how Marvel did the same thing with Civil War, where some of the villains were on different sides of like the registration thing. Same thing here with the heroes and the villains kind of get mixed up. Like evil is not so straightforward. You know what? That's interesting because um, Nether Realm makes it right. Yeah, but I feel like the Mortal Kombat stories are shitty. <laughs> really? Have you seen any of the Mortal Kombat stuff? I mean, I know they do a lot of crazy stuff with like the gods and Earth Realm and the tournament. I know like a lot of people make fun of like how like absurd some of it is. Like people come back from the dead and yeah, like... it doesn't feel like the story has evolved and the stuff that I see looks just so convoluted. Um, I think they yeah, have. I think Mortal Kombat suffers from it having such so much such a huge roster that it, the story doesn't have like room to breathe for every person, maybe. No, because I always feel they end up going with the same rosters. They'll go with, like, Raiden and Sub-Zero. Cage and Sub-Zero and Scorpion. It's, like, the same. They just I know the recent it. one they did was really was supposedly really good because a lot of people love the... They had, like, a weird time travel story or something like that, I think. Not 11, but 10. Mortal Kombat 10. It's supposed to have, like, a really good story. I don't know about 11, but 10... 10 is supposed to be, like, the redemption of the story, supposedly. I think I have 10. Yeah, it's free. It's one of the free ones for the PlayStation Plus. No, I've had it for a while, though. I, I started playing it, and I think I was playing with Luke, and then I started hitting some caves, and the story was just so... It wasn't just a bad story. It was the production looked bad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's unfortunate. I do want to play uh, Injustice, but... That's really cool. So my gripes with most fighting games, Injustice doesn't really have it. Injustice is actually pretty simple. Like, the... The move set, everything they teach you in the game is super simple. Like if it was any easier, it would be Smash Brothers, basically. Mm-hmm. Like there's, it's there's health bars, but like enemies kind of telegraph like what they're gonna do next, sort of. Like if you pay attention, you can tell like when they're gonna go low or go high, mm-hmm. and you can just like block properly. Like the specials, there's no like insane massive input. It's like usually three buttons at most for combos. Right. So the game is actually very approachable. It's very noob friendly. The tutorial in the beginning is like super plain super straightforward like it's not confusing at all so i actually love i enjoyed what i played of injustice i played it on easy because again i suck at game at fighting games and i pretty much at every fight i had to do more than once even on easy because god knows i am terrible at fighting games i don't have the reaction speed for them so yeah i i, I kind of feel like nowadays it's just reactions aren't there dude yeah we're just we're not we're not we're not, uh... Well, maybe it's also because I haven't been exercised like I, exercising like I used to. I don't know if that would affect your reaction in the game, though. Because that's mostly finger stuff related. It's finger speed. No, I think it makes a difference. Cognitive? Yeah. Maybe. Anyway, so yeah, Injustice is dope if you guys haven't played it. I don't know if it's still on sale, but it was like two or three bucks. You can actually play it, Johnny. I have it on my account, so you can play it too. Um, And I'm going to just go through these next two real quick. Fallout 76, a game that you know I've been playing on and off. I finally completed it. Finally completed the main campaign. Wait, 76 is... The online one. The yeah. MMO one. 
I know you I hate Fallout. I don't know why you're so attracted to the game. It's I, like the worst iteration of I love Fallout. historical fiction. And Fallout has always played historical fiction with like sci-fi in a fun way that I love. Okay. It has like the cute 50s era Americana set like aesthetic with like the vault boy and like all that stuff. So I, I Fallout is one of like my most like cherished franchises like dear to my heart. So even with all the bugs and I played it on what PC. I played it on no. I played it on PC because it's on Game Pass. So did you get extra packs? Like no. It the game okay. The game runs horribly on PS4. Uh-huh. Like that's like by far the the worst version of the game. Okay. Playing it on PC as a new member of the PC Master Race, the game runs buttery smooth. Solid 100. Was it 120 oh, frame right. rate? You have a tower now. That's right. So, I'm sorry, solid 60 frames per second, super buttery smooth. It plays amazing on PC. And because of that, I was finally able to finish the game. So, not that, honestly, it's the weakest Fallout entry, like story wise, but mm-hmm. it's still a solid Fallout game. Like, gameplay is all good. It's just the story, like, whack. Uh, and last one, I played the, ori- like I mentioned, the original Call of Duty. I played it because one of my friends uh, is going through all of the Call of Duty games in release order. And he had me on his podcast to talk about it. You guys can look that up. I'm in the first episode of it's called uh, Back Cod Banter because their their main channel is called Backlog Banter, but he's doing like a little Call of Duty sub series. And so we talked about the first Call of Duty game. We finished it. I beat it for the first time ever. Uh, let's just say Call of Duty has come a long way since then. Why can't I find the podcast? It's on YouTube. I keep telling you, all their stuff is on YouTube. I can't help it, okay? It's on YouTube. So, yeah. All right. You're up to speed, Johnny. So, that's everything I've completed. Seven games I've completed this month. And if I stay on track, that should be, like, 70 games by the end of the year. Yeah, so our uh, New Year's resolution is going to be 1,000 hours of biking. That's yours? No, that's ours. I got two bikes. How would you even log a thousand hours of biking? That's like three hours every day. Is it? Is it because I said I had a thousand hours on PlayStation? You want to match that? Is that why? Yeah, because you said you felt bad. So I was like, okay, we can address that. <sighs> I should have just kept that to myself. <laughs> All right, Johnny. You got anything else before we wrap it up? Before we have our own wrap it up? The pitch. How? Yeah, the containers? Oh, you do yeah. have the containers. I'll, look, well, okay. We should do it next time. Yeah, I don't have the time. I gotta go home soon. It's yeah. already almost ten, and I gotta get up early tonight. I mean, tomorrow morning. So, uh, and I still have to edit. I still have to like publish and put this up by tomorrow morning. So, I think we are officially done, Johnny. This is now officially our longest episode ever, at almost two hours and a half, almost like a Marvel movie. Mm. We're gonna have to do some edits. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> all of it I think all of it is good so I'm not going to do that alright any last thoughts closing thoughts do you want to talk about anything you've watched before we leave do you even watch stuff you want to talk about Mandalorian again we can get into that again you mean Boba Fett Boba Fett yeah Mandalorian ended like a year ago yeah no I haven't seen anything on it nothing on Netflix did you catch up on Marvel stuff what's going on with Marvel did you watch Hawkeye yeah I thought we talked about that I don't remember I, th- I don't remember Okay. I think that's everything. Then. That's it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. If you've managed to make it this far, we appreciate it. Uh, we know this was like our longest one. It was a mouthful. My mouth, my jaw is actually sore right now. I'm tired. So, um, yeah. Also, it probably doesn't help that I was having to 
talk really loud at kids this morning also at work. So there you go. My jaw is tired. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for making it this far. If you have any questions, suggestions, thoughts, you want to complain about Johnny and his views on women and games. <laughs> uh, nice setup right there, Andrew. <laughs> I'm playing. No, but seriously, if you do, you can reach us at Deal With Sense Podcast at Yahoo.com. Again, that is a Deal With Sense Podcast, one word, at Yahoo.com. And we appreciate your listenership as always. Uh, we took a, we didn't mean to take two weeks off. I mean, I got really busy with work, and then I got sick with COVID, and I didn't want to be around in person with jo- Johnny. And then Johnny doesn't have the proper computer set up and stuff, so we couldn't like really do this properly. I mean, I could have, I guess, I could have done it with somebody else and had them like on Zoom, but there was no way we were, I was gonna t- not talk about the acquisition without Johnny. So I, I we. We just held off and like we have to do this the right way. So here we are. Thanks again, guys. Uh, we were trying to get back on schedule. I'm not sick anymore. Johnny, I'm assuming might not be sick. He's like, he's not feeling well. I hope he's not sick. I don't know, dude. You just got off the COVID, so I might catch it. Oh God, I don't think that's how that. I hope that's not how that works. Hopefully, it's just on me. So. I think that's it, ladies and gentlemen. So thank you. Have a great uh, rest of your week, and we will catch you next time.